good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Neighbors Livecast. I'm Super Dave, aka Mr. Incredible, and with me, as always, are two of my favorite people on the planet, starting with our resident feminine energy, the uh, personification of Black Girl Magic with the velvety smooth voice, Miss Aisha. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, David? I'm good. I'm good. And my brother, my man, Honey Grand, Just Mike. What's up, bro? Man, it's a blessing to be here. Let's rock and roll with this thing, man. We got Isha here. We got yeah. a special guest. Yeah, so if you guys have followed any of our shows back from getting over the hump uh, up to this one, you've heard you guys are even there. Today's so like... guest. Okay. You've heard uh, Aisha mention today's guest. All the time. Uh, so I'm going to let Aisha multiple introduce guests. her. We got a four... Take her phone number off this thing, man. We don't need her phone number. Yeah, right, right, right. I don't want the people calling her. Wait a minute. And, and she and she's attractive and married. That's not good. We set this woman up, Dave. Come on, Dave. Hold on. Let me wait a minute. Wait, this, that's, and you know, everybody knows the area code. That's a little crack of that. I got hoes. Right, I didn't so say that, Veronica. I'm making sure you uh <laughs> 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 so get in here. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna take the other one off so your number won't be all displayed everywhere. <laughs> How you doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Shake your head, you can hear us. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I'm going to let uh, Aisha introduce you. Sure, yeah. So um, our guest for this evening is the billionaires, the up-and-coming uh, media mogul, uh, fashionista, interior decorator, um, Sage, and... Um, the Oprah to my Gail, Veronica Pearson. I don't know if she can hear us yet, though. Oh, she said the Oprah to my Gail. That's beautiful. I was, I was. Hey, I was Dave, Dave, you my tag me to my Lacey. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. She, she just Veronica. If you can hear us, she just called you the Oprah to her Gail. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yes, ma'am. We can now. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, Aisha hey, just called you the Oprah. Rich women. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. There you go. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I feel like I know you more than I actually do, even though we've been friends for a while. But, you know, just because of how much Aisha, uh, you know, incorporates your um, your sayings and your uh, your thought process into conversations and things. So it's always interesting to have a conversation with you. Welcome to the Neighborish Livecast. Thank you. Say, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm but really... just to correct, I'm not married anymore, so I've been divorced for years. <laughs> oh, okay. You never come back from Dubois? Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> y'all fucking this up. Why y'all back here? What y'all doing? Like, y'all should have came back. She anyway. divorced. You are... Yeah, we can't, we y'all can't ain't supposed back. to come back here. We came back to sprinkle some shine on people. <laughs> I'm there saying you what you should have been sprinkling. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I mean, we Dubois... So, ladies, so first of all, Dave is so right. When uh, he should speak of you, it's love. That's awesome because it only comes from family and friendship and that kind of bond, and that's awesome. So it gives you like this. It's like we, 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 we your beautiful face, your beautiful spirit. It, it ties right in line with her. So that's an awesome thing. But you divorced and you come back from fucking the boy. Like, why you come back? Why y'all back? What's going on? Anyway, I guess we got man. So, like, that, that was a test run. Like we went to go survey the land 
and get an understanding of the culture. Uh, it'll hit different when we go back. Yeah, like you moving right. weight, shorty. Ain't nobody moving no weight, man. Anyway, but uh. <laughs> But yeah, man, it's uh, we really excited to talk to you. Um, like I said, Aisha's been letting us know and um, you know, keying us into a lot of the stuff that you've been into. So really excited to hear about you know your progress and all of your successes and a little bit about your journey too. So that, so that's what we're looking to do. But first, as we typically do, there's a few things we like to talk about that's going on in the city, in the country, in the world, and uh, we're gonna get yeah. into it. Um, so uh, the. Some of the biggest stuff that's been going on this week that I've been following. Well, first of all, there was an award show last night. I haven't watched award shows in a while. I forgot that it was even on. Like he um, wasn't following shit, Dave. What we talking about, Dave? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. You know. Um. Did you guys see the BT Awards last? I mean, the MTV. What was it? The VMAs last night. VMAs. Forget it, right? What? Which? What was it? What was it? It was the VMAs. Right. The answer is no. Me. I'm 40. No. Who's seen it? I didn't see it. I just saw the, uh, you know, Twitter and all their funny memes they had from certain people. Um, yeah, because because basically, as I was telling Isha, we ain't gonna miss nothing. So you gonna have the basicness of girl nakedness, the basic performance of girl on girl action, which is not so basic that that's all they got now. You know, mm-hmm. and you gonna have certain levels of nudity and shock performances <laughs> that ain't even shock no more. So nah. it's like we didn't miss nothing. We really didn't. Right. We really right. didn't. Yeah. And I haven't seen a video in uh, a decade. Really? We're not necessarily the same naked broad dancer. You know, now they just naked her. You know what I'm saying? I'm lying. I I look at World Star every day. Okay. I ain't seen a video in a decade. You hear what I said? Hold on. Hold on. Well, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the quality that we used it, to. It there are still some out like, there. When, they start, when do we start letting the strippers rap? That's not fair. They can't. Well, they can't rap. Be quiet. No, we're not. We're not coming. We let the drug dealers rap. We let the drug dealers rap. Why not? Yeah, you know, and they won't shut up neither. It's irritating as hell. <laughs> no, but see, like, we're not. We're not. Because we, we cheapen. We have cheapened what's considered great, and we've cheapened the word ge- genius. We've cheapened genius. We've cheapened words. We've cheapened action. So now they come up with one song. Oh, they iconic. They dress in one damn skirt as a dude, or they kiss one gal. Oh my God, they 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 influencer. No, they, we have cheapened what words mean. So that's why this this whole oh, generation yeah. will latch on to stuff because words are cheap now. Having these people geniuses, the icon, they ain't influencing shit. But they, right. oh, yeah. I cannot cuss on hell, my bad. They oh no, you good? We can say whatever no, we want. Don't you Watch say it. no motherfucking no. bad words. <laughs> so, now nah, you good. Go ahead. We've cheapened what words mean. So now they're throwing these words around with these rappers, some of these rappers, some 100%. of these entertainers, and they suck. They're not genius by no means. They haven't even sustained five years of music. You understand me? Right, but right. That's right. what it is now. They're selling brands and they're selling sodas and they're selling skirts and they sell everything is a photo op. Everything and mm-hmm. everything's so basic. Like they don't even entertain you on stage anymore. Like the right. women just let me kiss a gal or let me show my my ass. That's it. Like, dude, even J Lo entertained you on stage. Michael Madonna them entertains you. It's like, they just, ain't no entertainment. J-Lo, J-Lo ain't got to do number walk away. If she walks away, that's entertaining. <laughs> she can't sing. But, you know, but so. no, at least J-Lo can dance. J-Lo was like, I was born a dance. Walk that's away. I'm, I'm going to entertain you. I'm going to entertain you. Right, you know? right. So, yeah. so, so on the VMA, what you see today? See on the VMAs? Oh, I didn't really see much of anything. Like I said, I didn't watch what it. I was asking if you guys saw it. I know Aisha probably saw <laughs> Well, so it, I, I, I did catch the highlights. Doja Cat, she was the host. 
And like, mm-hmm. I low key, like, I know, I think there was one point we canceled Doja Cat, I, I believe for something, but I, yeah. I rise with Doja. Like I like Doja Cat, you know what I mean? Like okay. all the songs I've heard from her, I got from my nieces on TikTok. Cause I don't <laughs> use TikTok. How old are your nieces? They are 10 and seven. Oh. Why are they on? Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Look, my nephew's on TikTok too, and he's yeah. No, they on Dale Doge. Do you know what Doge? First of all, it's inevitable. It is, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they are um, they are exposed oh. to a lot more at a lot younger age. Like right. I see, like my nephew is on TikTok really hard right now. He's thirteen, and um, like TikTok is his. Like I had to really like he stays here sometimes, and I have to take like at night. I give him a time because I, well, well, I, so I give I him a time. Off, but I turn off the electricity in my home. Like we, I turn off the the router, and if need be, I will also turn off the um the electricity at the power panel if necessary. Yeah. And then what? What do you do? What do you do? With what? It's so, just dark. Everybody go to sleep, right? Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else you gonna do? Yeah. Oh, you come for bed. You cut the lights off for bed. Yeah. Oh no, I, I turn off the electricity. Like we turn. Ain't, I'm yeah. sorry about that because if you got alarm, you should have gave your her phone number out and get your address. <laughs> your ADT ain't running. Come no, on. no, no. I didn't say my alarm. You know the power panel. I know which devices are attached to it. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Good, good, good fallback. Yeah, I know. Well, see, for me, I have mine's a preteens, and now well, my older son's almost twenty. So mm-hmm. even because of the way I raised them. Without, like, they didn't get phones so they was 14. My daughter got a little bit earlier because her dad found a sale when he bought the middle child a 14-year-old phone, a 14, his 14-year-old self a phone. So she got a little earlier. But they mm. didn't get phones so they was 14. They couldn't watch TV until Friday after school until Sunday at a certain time and play games at that same time. So Monday through Friday, they wasn't playing games or watching TV. And then, so they do that went on for years. So when social media and all that really start hitting and they start hitting with their phones, my kids wasn't into it like that. They still not. Like now my oldest, mm-hmm. I mainly use the phone because he building up his following, doing reaction videos and stuff like that. And my daughter, mm-hmm. she watched TikTok or she watched like a lot of DIY videos. And my old, okay. my middle son, he only talking to gals, man. <laughs> like he was on it for a minute. Then he was like, I'm good. Because, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because once you, if you condition them a certain way to not be hyped about that type of stuff or not be into it, they're going to keep that even as they get older. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. But a lot of people have been using that, those tools to babysit their children and then their kids mm-hmm. learning things inappropriately or they learn them so early that they don't have anything to look forward to. By the time yeah, they're 18, yeah. by the time they're 20, 21, they're so burnt out because they're not seeing everything. You right, know? right. They're not and- used to, these kids looking at people pooping on, you know what I'm saying? Some sexual stuff going on. And it's just like they don't have anything to look forward to. You sexualizing them early, and then you want to know why stuff the way it is. So yeah, yeah, kids having kids young and getting into stuff young and making yeah. adult decisions about their own sexuality and things like that at young yeah. ages and things like yeah. that. And it's 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 a lot, man. But um, but yeah, man, I'm so glad that you're here. It's a couple of things that I uh, talk to everybody with kids because it's so much going on, and you already touched on uh, some of the stuff with you know um just the, the the rise of social media and how everything is so accessible to everybody. And so um, it's really um, almost impossible. And I'll ask you if you agree that it's, it's almost impossible to kind of um, monitor fully what your kids uh, are privy to nowadays. 
And so, um, do, do you think it's hard to monitor, like, like what they what they watch or what comes into their realm of understanding? Yeah, I think I think it's hard to monitor it on a certain level. So, like mm -hmm. I said, it starts from the foundation, and a lot of people don't want to do the work. Now, you got a lot right. of lazy parents. So right. it starts from the foundation of when they are babies, because mm -hmm. I found as a parent, you have your child until about four to five years old, because right. by then they're going to school. So you have yeah. five years to really solidify morals in that child, spiritual awareness in that child, discernment in that child, all like you know, the, don't let peer pressure get to them type of strength in that child. I say in five years, I say after they go to school. Somebody got their friends, they, you know, the teachers them got them for seven, eight hours a day. And all you got them for is like three o'clock until they go to sleep. You see what I'm right. saying? I said, so you got that time to try to undo and solidify what you should have put in them at five. It's a lot of lazy parents. So for me, I still monitor. I got, I like, I'm attached. My phone is on their, their social media pages. It's on their IG. So I, I got the passwords. I'm logged in. I don't look into it, and I'll tell you why, because I want a certain level of trust with them. So mm. they don't know that I still got access to a lot of that stuff. So I don't go peeping around there because I know the teenagers going to be teenagers and saying little cute stuff to each other, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. but I also built a relationship with my children where they talk to me about everything, even things I don't want to know about. Like my sons might be talking about some girls, you know what I'm saying, and stuff going on, you know. And my mm. daughter talking to me about boys or talking to me about some of her friends think about suicide or cutting itself or stuff or she gotta you know talk to them and keep their spirit up and stuff i appreciate the fact that i built that type of relationship with my children so even mm. at 19 my son my son was still going to bed at 9 30 when he when he was graduating i said boy you can stay up longer he was like for what i'm going to bed but see here's the thing i raised my kids with the not to give a darn about what nobody think i'm telling you they move in that space where peer pressure, they worry about what I'm going to do to them, not somebody at school. So mm -hmm. it's like you have to put a certain level of healthy fear in your children. Like my mother put a certain level of healthy fear in me. She, did, right, she right. didn't tell me don't do something because I said so because I'm a parent. She told me don't do this because this is what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Right, She's like, right, okay, go right. out and get pregnant if you want. You're going to be right taking care. I got them kids. You're asking them to graduate school. You're going to be right taking care because that damn be that. She told me the truth of things. Don't do that. She didn't say don't do it because I said so because I'm your parent. And you got right. so many parents who are not parents. They want to be on the social media with their kids. They don't clean their damn house. They don't cook. They don't do right. nothing. You understand me? So you can't tell a kid something you ain't putting in them. You understand right, me? The, right, the foundation's yeah. not there. So you can't, it's, but there's certain levels of things you can't monitor because when your kid's at school, you don't know what all they're looking at outside of what I know about. Exactly, yeah. That, yeah. I just got to trust I put enough in them so they discern enough to know, okay, let me step back from this right here. Because I don't right, think this yeah. going to work right here for me, player. Like, you know, my my middle son came home and was telling me how boy watching porn on his phone at school. That was his first introduction to porn. The boy watching it at recess. Now, who how was he around? How old was he? This, at the time, this was fifth grade, fifth, fourth grade. That's about time. That's time. That's time. Yeah. And so, and I told, and I said, but who taught this boy to access them pages? Life, life, somebody no, else, somebody his uncle, his cousin. Yeah, somebody at home. But here's the thing, yeah. that's the problem with that. Because when I went to the school, because I'm that parent, and I talked to them, the principal about them, the principal told me they've had problems with that boy for years doing that. And they've spoken to his parents. And here's the thing, he's going to get older and think that's how you act towards women. Is how yeah, he got viewed yeah. porn. And so now him just talking to a little girl and doing something that he think is natural can get him hemmed up for rape. You understand me? Or harassment. Yeah. Something
that he was yeah. taught was natural through porn. So that's right, what right. you got. Your child first introduction to sex can't be porn, cause that that's why you got grown men out there having sex like rabbits. Can't do nothing cause they looking at porn. Well, I've had the experience. I've had the experience. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I'll say you you have to have the wherewithal of what to do with it. I've learned some things from. But anyway, um. Yeah. So it's, but it's, look, if that's your baseline, you ain't. Gonna... No. Well, <laughs> we ain't going look. Hold on. Let me let me let me move it. Let me um um pivot to another section though. It's a couple of things that you said that I want to touch on. First of all, um, what you said about, you know, um, having that finite amount of time to kind of get your kids, yeah. you know, before you start to, to, to lose them to a certain extent. It's so true, man. I've seen it with my nephew. It's like, uh, I, I had him to a point where like Uncle Dave was like, cool you know i was like the yeah. pinnacle of coolness like and anytime you know anything that was mine he wanted and stuff and then so and like recently it cl- right because recently i had some old shirts that i did and um they had like graphics on them and he really likes the graphic t-shirts so i'm like okay i can't fit it so i'm like hey man you want this shirt i don't want it no more he's like nah i'm cool and you know <laughs> it, it was just that but it was so for me it was like no you don't want to try it. Let's just try it on. What you see? You might like what it is. That you know, was back just, in the 1900s. Your yeah, right, right. 1900s. Right, right. But, but no, nah, he's, a, you know, he's just coming into his own, though. And I mean, yeah. there's little things you got to uh, agree with. But so the reason I asked that first question was to set up the next one with everything that's going on in the world, all the things that kids are privy to. What kind of conversations do you have with your children to kind of prepare them? Because this uh, like we are definitely in unprecedented times with you know the pandemic and the rate the the um, um insurgence of racial justice things that have been happening and just you know the political scene and everything is so much and they're getting all this information because it's out there so what kind of conversations do you have with your kids about that to kind of prepare them or at least you know uh get, get them to have some understanding of what's going on well, when, like I said, it starts from the jump. And one of the things I try to make sure I did with my kids was raise them to be critical thinkers. So mm. even if mom is a Christian, I still, you know, I taught them what I know. And then I allowed them to read other books of Buddhism, uh, you know, of uh, the Torah, different things like that to give them an idea so they can find themselves. You know what I mean? Right. Not just do what mommy did. And because right. this is what mommy did, you know, and then by understanding why mommy chose those things. But taught, and by doing that, I taught them things about finances. I taught them things about history. So my kids knew about history that a lot of adults are coming into awareness now. Like, oh, my God, this black person did this. Oh, my God, this is how slavery went on. My kids already knew those things because I mm. talked about it because I learned them at an early age, and I was able to impart that to them. So when they see the pan, when the pandemic come or when they go talk about racial injustice, they can go from a critical thinking aspect with it. The same way with all this, you know, the sexual stuff that come on our kids. My kids want to move in a space that they don't want to have sex till they marry or they know to wear condoms because they don't want to have kids out of wedlock because they saw me and their dad married. So they and I was and I've always instilled in them the importance of being married with children, you know, or Mm -hmm. finding the right person. And I was like, so I made them critical thinkers and helped them learn different subjects. The problem now, people are so lazy. You know what I'm saying? So when so your kid can have a conversation like me and my middle son have some in-depth conversations about mm-hmm. stuff. Like, and we talk about from politics to sex. Like, they can look at little Nas X and they can look at Nicki Minaj and all them and they ain't moved by it. Because mm-hmm. they was like, man, that's my man. He doing too much. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. they, they can sit here and look at, they won't judge these kids. Like, you know, my one of my, my, my kids had friends who were gay. 
and one of the things they said was like, yeah, he gay, he know I ain't gay. That's all I made sure, mom, you know, but he good people. So they're still able to take people and say, but this is not my flavor, but we cool, you know, and move with it. Or they're able to say, hey, I know every white person is not like this, but I'm going to teach you, uh, I'm going to make sure you understand, I see how the world works, you know. And that was my whole thing is making sure they know how the world works. I did not want my kids going out into the world ignorant of anything. And so, but, but I didn't also want to be an activist. I wanted to be a parent. A lot of these people now are activists. They type, I'm not giving my baby no gender name. I'm not doing this. You are activists. Take care of your kids. Be there for your mm-hmm. kid and teach them what they need in this world. And stop trying to live up to trends or live up to what people think or, or all this other actionness that I'm, you put unnecessary stress on your child by saying, oh, you can do this and you can do that. And that's why we got such a high rate right now of suicides between 13 to 14 year old black girls and 13 to 14, 17 year old black boys. You're not giving kids discernment. You're not giving them spiritual guidance of anything. They got a surf, they got a shallow God. They got a surface level God. This the God you can rap to and, and thank them for rapping while you have a time. I'm having sex, busting this girl down in her mouth and, and shoot my man in the face. But thank God he got me here. You know, <laughs> what yeah, kind of yeah. God you praise a Negro? You know what I'm saying? So they're teaching shallow level spirituality, shallow level thought process. And these kids are they killing themselves because they ain't got nothing to hold on to. They don't. They 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 double minded. They don't have a ledge that they're not jumping off of. They tell them try everything, do everything, accept everything. And they and they mind that's not how your mind is built. Your brain's not built to do that. Your brain's built to accept truth. That's how stress can kill you. That's why a lot of these kids, they got all this mental awareness, but they're killing themselves. People right. aren't raising their kids with any wherewithal because they don't have none. Half of these parents hide dude. Half of these parents slackers. Half of these parents ain't morally sound. More but I'm spiritual, morally sound. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's just you gotta you have to be able to raise your kid to be a critical thinker, but that means you gotta be one first. A lot of people That's don't. True. That's so. true. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, that's uh, so much truth uh, <laughs> when you're speaking. Veronica Pearson, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> she'll be here all night. Don't you, a- you, ask, you ask the question, man. You ask the question. So. <laughs> you said what? You always ask these questions pertaining to ones and individuals who have children. So what's intriguing is your inquisitiveness about uh-huh. parenting, Dave. Right. So I'll, I'll fill you in on something, Dave. What's up? It is the most awesome gift. Like you personally have gotten this far, and your 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 reason to breathe. Maybe your mom, I guess. Forgive me for trying to figure you out. Maybe 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 your lady. Maybe your everybody who knows you because you're that awesome. It's, it's Legos. I like to play you're with Legos. You're not listening. Right. I don't need you. I'm, I'm, these are beyond building blocks, Dave. These are children. Oh. Listen, when you have one, your reason for being, your reason for breathing, completely changes. Okay. And 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 it's 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 awesome. Or or it's either awesome or it's greater than you can bear, good or bad. I prefer to be uh, indifferent because they're still young. And the goal is to get them to a place where they understand and they know. You did. They've always be asking these questions about what we're doing with our kids and stuff. Well, I mean, I like to hear, you know, uh, uh, people with, uh, uh, you know, a good level of intelligence. Because I feel like there's people who can learn from everything that we talk about and everything that we do. And so it's somebody that needed to hear, you know, um, what she had to say, what you had to say about, you know, about child rearing. And I'm ignorant. I'm ignorant. Like, I, I'm, I'm ignorant. Well, you, you know, say I'm, that you know, in jest, but I know you well enough to know that you're a dynamic father. And you put a lot into raising 
uh, you know, the children that you have she and spoke the children about that you don't claim, huh? She Would spoke of our generation having the ability to embrace and love individuals beyond their sexuality. You know, they, they can they can say, hey, man, you gay, bro, that's your personal business. I love you, but I'm not that way, and we friends. My generation wasn't taught that way. We were taught to be bash his fucking alienate. head in. Yeah, to alienate. You know, bash his head in. And so now, now my thing is, I don't want to bash his head in either. But, but, I will bash your fucking head in and keep trying to bash your shit up in our kids' heads. Because it's like they're constantly shoving that shit down their throat. Like, and like if, if we're not spiritually equipped, if we are lazy-ass parents, and as a generation and as a collective community, what are we? What are we? We are fucking spinning in this cycle of bullshit. And if we don't push through it, you know, I mean, it's like, when I, so, so we were riding the road the other day. And um, I, I be playing crazy dumb games. Like, I want you all to put a song, we're going to put a song on that nobody will think you, that you like. All the kids, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get them to go outside their box. You know, obviously I'm 40, so I have a, a lot more arsenal. They are really, really limited, and it is what it is. So, my wife is awesome. She don't know the little. What's the last little Nas X when he twerking and dropping ass cheeks on shit? Whatever that was, she didn't know. She wasn't aware. So to play the song, she's got to see the video too, y'all. We were riding the road. She's like, she's like, I'm like, oh, you didn't know? That's your country road, baby. That's good. Yeah, and that's what they're privy to, you know, yeah. and that this is, this is what's, you know, I mean, and you know, in, entertainment is just that. And so, um, I mean, but see, can, the, I, can I, can I interrupt for a second? With that? No, I'm sorry. You can't. No, I'm just playing. Go ahead, man. Of course. <laughs> you're not interrupting. You're including. Yeah. yeah you're not but like he was saying about our generation. One of the things I, I, I'm thankful my grandmother taught me this. She said, you can accept and love people. You got to accept. I mean, you can love people. You got to accept everything about them. Because my aunt's. Um, who I grew up with was transgender. I like that's this stuff ain't new. This stuff ain't new in the in the field at all around here. So my aunt no, was you have to go back. Your yeah. aunt was transgender. So was your aunt a woman who wanted to be a man? Was your aunt a yeah. man who no, wanted to be a woman? No, my aunt was a man. Yeah. My aunt was a man who became a woman, transgender woman. No, oh, your aunt was your aunt because you called that motherfucker your aunt. That was love. That's no, love. Right? Let me tell you. No, I'm gonna tell you why. Because that's one, love. I didn't know until I was like eleven. That's love. I, I did. Know, I did. I didn't know. I didn't know till like 11 years old that my aunt was originally my uncle at first because mm. my aunt was gorgeous. Like Donna Summer gorgeous, had two, three husbands, that type of stuff. You understand me? So when I found out Why, about it. Donna, Donna Summer Hold on, Mike. Let her finish, Mike. Let her finish, Mike. I know you got <laughs> questions, but go ahead. Go ahead, so Veronica. I'm talking Donna Summer's back in the day gorgeous. So when I learned that, because I was already used to calling my aunt my aunt. You know what I'm saying? So that's how my aunt was. But here's the thing. Like I said, if anybody study the brain, like I, my kids watch brain games, we study anatomy, all that stuff like that. Your brain cannot lie to itself once it learns the truth. It can't. It's yeah. not It's not feasible. <coughs> so, so once I learned my aunt used to be a man, my brain like, oh, my aunt used to be a man. But I still knew to call my aunt my aunt. But here's yeah, the yeah. thing. My grandmother, my grandmother loved her child. And she accepted that, but she no, she loved them. She loved all the gay friends used to come over there, the, the gay ones, the lesbians, the cross dressers, all used to come to my grandmother's house, eat with my grandmother's table, my mama too. They didn't judge them, but at the same time, they didn't pretend with them that they accepted fully what that was. My grandma's like, I don't understand all that. That's not why you came out as my son, but I love you. And that was that. My grandmother had no judgment towards them. 
the problem we are doing and a disservice we're doing to this generation, we're making them feel they have to accept everything in order yeah, to love yeah. somebody. And that's yeah, the problem yeah. because the stuff they are forcing down these kids and our throats is not truth. Like you will never hear me say that's a pregnant man. That is not no damn pregnant man. That is yeah. a man, transgender man who decided to keep his ovaries. You understand mm -hmm. me? I'm not going to lie to my children like that because that's how you get these kids so double-minded and killing themselves because you're forcing them to believe something that's not realistic. You understand and, me? And, and, and you're forcing wrong. me to smoke more weed. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So we have to instill in our kids like you can love people, you can respect them, you can have compassion, you can have empathy. You do not have to accept everything about them especially when your spirit is saying this is something is off this is not normal something ain't right, right. now i'm gonna tell you i had a conversation with a gay person and i told them i said i think some people are born homosexual the same way we have flowers that you know come that they bloom and they're supposed to be red they turn yellow we all the same way we have middle sex people you have anomalies that happen every day in nature okay he told me he don't think people born gay and he gay Cause he was like, I chose my husband. He said, I met some men and I met some woman. But he was like, for him, he got on that path because he was molested and raped at young ages by men. I've heard that too. And he yeah, said, that's yeah. what got him on that path. But he didn't believe people, gay people were born gay. I said, I believe because I've seen middle sex people who born with two sex. You know what I'm saying? I've seen women who born with more masculine features than men. I said, because genetics are part of nature. Anomalies right, happen. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not going to convince myself that what's going on, that shit ain't normal. You out here right. looking like beds on your face or, and, and hair on your chest or breasts. You got them looking like a circus. You know what I'm saying? Because up now, is... it's crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> how, how, about, how, about, how about you know who you got to feel bad for? You know who we should all feel bad for? Who? Ugly girls. Because ugly <laughs> girls not like fucked up ass dudes trying to be women. And it's like, you know, nah, you know, wait a minute. We, we went in a chick, very a, weird direction a, with a this. A really ugly chick in one time to get hers. Mike's officially high right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that you uh, that you brought up acceptance because uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been really um, harping on, uh, it, it seems like a concerted effort to keep, um, to keep people divided, basically. I mean, everything that comes about now is 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 a, a tool of division from the political arena to the police versus the, the black people to uh, the now it's the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. And it's like everything is like, when do we stop letting people make their own decisions, be who they want to be and do what they want to do and be cool with that? Just because you don't agree with me doesn't make you my enemy. You know, um, you 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 don't have to you know deal with them on the level of what you don't agree with them with, but that doesn't necessarily make them your enemy. Our differences is what makes us beautiful. It's what makes us uh, a community. You know, but um, right. Right. It, there's right. so much negativity and division. It's so divided right now, and it's like stuff like that really affects me because I'm like a people person. I feel like I, I love everybody, and so when I see people. Um, who I love on different sides of these debates and, you know, oh, if this person decides to do this, like, for instance, if this person decides to get vaccinated, they stupid. If they don't get vaccinated, they stupid. If they, you know, um, anything, you know, it's the rich people versus the poor, fat versus skinny, tall versus, you know, black and white, tall, short, everything. And I'm like, it's, it's so much division. It's just crazy. And um, I mean, I'm just, uh, I just want to spread love, man. I mean, it's more, it's, it's, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, that's cute. That, 
that that's cute because because I'm I offer it in a space from I respect that we have differences, but I'm not gonna rock with you my if your differences is detrimental to me and mine. Oh, okay. definitely no. And and yeah. Have- so so no. So like when you said the police verse, and that's that's how I move. So yeah. we got so the police versus the you know the black people so to speak. That's coming from mm-hmm. you know history. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, that coming from people, you know, looking at the fact that they got to be quarantined and their money short because people, they feel, won't take the necessary precautions to make sure everybody's safe. Whether you want to be vaccinated or unvaccinated. Mask, they, they burning a mask. Uh, as yeah. I said, but it's like the divide comes from people who, once again, don't want to be critical thinkers and want to f- be fake deep. They fake deep. They want to say, oh, I, you know, I'm here for everybody. I want, you know, all my fellow men to win. No, they don't. They want themselves to win. Because that's why they're sitting here. They will tell you, oh, you know, like the same people who I knew, people I was associated with, they'll tell me they Trump riders, they love Trump, whatever, blah, 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 fine. But so you telling me you're with somebody who preached the message and said, kill people that look like my goddamn son. You understand me? Or somebody who was willing to stir those fires for votes, even if he didn't believe it, he was willing to stir the fire for votes. You see what I'm saying? So that tells me how the way you truly move in your heart. And so when people say, oh, well, you know, somebody asked me, well, Bronco, do you throw away the whole person because you agree with the message? I said, it depends on the message and it depends on the person. Because mm. for me, I research people, David. I research, like, before I follow you, before I share your message, all that, I'm going to research you and go down the rabbit hole on your ass, okay? okay? So when people say, people was asking, well, do you throw away Kanye because of, you know, his art versus his message? I said, for me, I throw away him. I said, for me, this is why. I said, because his message, that's money. That's money-related. The music mm. is money-related. The shoes is money-related. Everything is money related, but the way he moved, the, the the validation that brother needed, and our validation wasn't enough. I had this conversation almost eight years ago, five, like yeah, five six years ago, with my family. I said it's sad when artists don't accept black people validation as enough, and our validation wasn't enough for that brother. So he drove himself crazy trying to get white people validation. That's what this shit is. And so it's like, so now you telling me I'm gonna forgive this negro because he dropped a couple five tracks. When this bitch was willing to sell my ass out, you understand me? But here, but hold on, I'm gonna be real. I don't care if you like them or not, that's all your preference. But here's my thing. These are the same people telling me, oh, if I was back in slavery, that's what I do. You do the same well, shit you're doing now. These are the same people telling me to throw Al Sharpton away or Jesse Jackson away, but y'all ass couldn't be activists for two years, falling yeah. on each other, cutting each yeah. other's throat. I'm talking big activists in the media. You know what I'm saying? So when I look at, I try to look at the totality of people and people not being, you know, just being who they are. I got people who follow Trump, they'll make them bad people, but it makes me see what their heart really lie in. And their heart is about survival. It's about survival. You want to have differences and people cutting each other because it's survival. White people dying off. White people population getting low, the birth rate low, they realizing they ain't the, they ain't the circle in the moon, so they fight like rats in the corner. They're going to side with this man even if they don't like him. So that's what all the divisiveness is about is because people fake deep, fake they want, oh, you know what? I want Dave to win. I like Dave. Dave, you know why you like Dave? Black people, Dave, the only black person you know and like. You don't like the rest of us. You like Dave. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I get that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. But I, So it's going to be divisiveness because everybody's not going to agree, but we got to get to a point where the morals, is, oh, the morals is on the same level. I don't care if you like yeah, yeah, talking yeah. loud or you like... I 
Now, morals got to be on the same level, David. People, morals ain't on the same level. They'll watch you get your ass stomp in that street, and they'll be like, well, what he did, though? <laughs> <laughs> what he did, though? you be like, I just walked out the store. <laughs> but these are the same people grabbing your mask off your face, though. The same people. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's okay to be different, but not our morals. Once our morals become different, brother, we good. You can go to the left with that. So that's how I feel. I'm rocking people who morally corrupt. I don't. Right, right, I and I mean, you, I ain't saying we perfect, but we, we, right, right. we got to be that down, that diggerish with each other. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's it's got to be a balance, definitely. I, I mean, I definitely agree with. Uh, if people don't align with your morals and your values, of course, you're not gonna rock with them. But I mean, it doesn't necessarily make them your enemy unless yeah. that's that's the moral, you know, unless yeah. that's it. Like you said, like with the whole issue, you know, with the black people and the police and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I basically brought that up because th- that's a great example of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is like at the end of the day, like our children are dying. You know what I'm saying? Yep. At the hands of certain people, and so we have yep. to take a stand in that respect. But I mean, you know, in that same respect, it's like I know people who, because of that, hate every police officer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I mean, you can't be, bad. you can't, you know, blanket it like that. My father was a police officer for yeah. 40 years plus. And you know what I'm saying? And I know where his heart was. I know him as a human being. So, you know, um, I can't just go that far. But with that being said, I see and he I saw, see. like, we had conversations about um, the 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 issues with with policing and, and, you know, in this era going all the way back to, you know, how it began and what it was structured to be and things of that nature. So uh, I definitely understand I, that. I wanted to go ahead, Mike. What you think? I always want to know how, how you never really was... A, a cop's son, like you never like you know what I'm saying you. Oh, I, I you, was though. My father was a. I don't know what you're. Nah, I nah. You, yeah, I, I had friends. I got another friend over on Bl- in Blaisburg. His father was second district, mm-hmm. and the first thing that happened when they pulled up to him because he's white and whatever. My dad, my father's a second district. But you know what I mean? So you never was that. You did. Well, and it's you like. Know, I mean, it's- it, it, my point he is, he had different experiences, like you said. He was, you my, know. My, my point is, is like when you, when you say when you say your father was a cop. Mr. Larry was an awesome man. He never never did me no harm. And you know what I'm saying when he went to work, it, I, I suppose his goal was to get home to his boy because that's who I know, his family. And and mm-hmm. that's and it's it's a fucked up the minute ass twist when it comes to uh, the duality of a police officer and. Uh, the individuals out here in the world, so-called civilians. You're not a cop's son. You're Mr. Larry, little boy. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of his little boys. You know what I mean? Not just. You know what I mean? It, it, it could do, and it's fucked up because all cops ain't good dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said all cops. All, it's just like it's just like people. Cops are people. Military yeah. people are people. People think when somebody put a uniform on, they become special. No, they aren't. Yeah, they're the same racist bastard with the uniform or without. They're the right, same blood right. human being with the uniform or without. They're the same people. People tend to think uniforms make people a certain higher moral standard, but it's not. Yeah, the problem yeah, with the police the officers is like, well, black police officers, they're playing a double-edged sword especially for your dad being 40 years in the game. You know, he came in for real, for real. When half of these black officers had to go by the code in blue, even when they got treated like crap in the goddamn yeah. locker room, even when they got the racist first slung at their ass, nigga cop or whatever, by their own homeboys supposed to protect them. I had racist dudes in the military. I told a white dude one time who tried to run up on me, I said, you better not ever be in a fox on me because I make sure your ass gonna come back. 
You understand me? Because I was like, you're being racist to people who got to have your back. Right. You know? Yeah. And so that's the thing. So your dad had to face that. Other black cops yeah. had to face as well because they had a double-edged sword. And they said, well, who do I stand behind? And so a majority of the time, they stood behind their blue, the boys in blue, because that's what they were taught. I'm supposed to stand by my brotherhood. They didn't realize the level of, of just disrespect with them setting up I, I don't agree with that. That level of disrespect. They didn't I realize. I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I, I don't I, think I, no, I don't think they knew the level of it. They, I don't think they I knew don't the agree. level. I, I, I feel like I feel like if you could be if you could be that naive, there's no way you could be that naive. No, I'm gonna tell you, you why I said that level. I'm gonna tell you why I said that level. Because here's the thing. Even as a black officer, you only been allowed a certain amount of rooms. Back in the day, still to this day. So when that DA room, that prosecutor room, that solicitor room, half of them black motherfuckers wasn't even in the room. You understand me? So they didn't even sit there and see how those solicitors, those DAs, all of that was setting up and writing a whole goddamn story. You know, until they got in court and they questioned them and they realized and they used the, the little shit that black cops had to hang the hell out this motherfucking ass. So that's what I mean by I don't think they was privy to everything because they weren't allowed in a certain number of rooms. That's why if, I said that. If, if, a, if a black cop is a black cop and ain't never had nobody go to jail, and with, with, it's, that's usually like their catapult and their reason yeah. for trying to change the system because yeah. they won't get in there and, and break the mold and say, you know what, yeah. I'm going to do this justly. And, and, it, yeah. and like, like you said, they find out you can't do yeah. it justly because it's not nope. just yet. You dig? Nope. I, I got that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know. You know, from, from what I've I had conversations with my father about um, what you're describing uh, was um, it still happened, but not yeah. as if they were progressive. They were more progressive. Like the, the DC police department, while wow, it was extremely racist and he had to deal with a lot and like stuff that he shared with me that like, you know, I'm like, well, let's go kill these motherfuckers. No, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but you know, yeah. uh, but there were, you know, there was a lot of, uh, progression and he would make the effort and he had friends and uh colleagues and comrades that would make the effort to make sure that they were in those rooms to make sure that yeah. they because the, the goal was uh was changing it was not having this negative connotation was yeah. uh, actually having what the the you know the lies that were told to them about what police were supposed to be about protecting and serving <laughs> and all this stuff was actually making it that and so yeah. you know and i've i've you know, struggle with the idea of how far, you know, as as a noble man, how far can your nobility go in a corrupt system? Right. And so, there you, go. you know, that's a, uh, you know, that's something that he had to deal with, though. But he did it every day to try to make it better for, you know, my brother and I, yeah. for his for his younger brothers, for his nieces and nephews. And so, you know, out of that, all I can do is respect that. But um, but yeah, yeah um, and as I respect him for what he did, because we need a lot more black officers we need a lot more black fbi agents dea agents all of that and i don't mean just black i mean ones who actually want to do right because yeah, yeah. we need them in the system to help change the system because you ain't gonna get nobody what you, you waiting on the benevolence of people who really don't care and it's exactly. not because they're malicious exactly. yeah. it's not because they're malicious it's because they got their own shit to worry about so they're like yeah. oh, they 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 yeah. i think they don't care because they don't have to care like they, they don't, don't have to care. yeah they, they don't, they don't, don't give a 
fuck. Like, you know, it, it, they're, like, fuck. they're like, your problem is your problem. I got my own white exactly. problem. Shit. Exactly. Your problem, your problem. Yeah. So you have to get in there with people who will who will do justice to the whole and not just themselves. Because sometimes yeah. we tend to vote people in the spaces who just black, but we don't do our research and realize that motherfucker ain't for us. You see what I'm saying? And so that's why. <laughs> so we got to make sure that we get the right people in there to change the system. Or you just got the same damn system. And, it, and, and, it's tough, and it's tough, though, because when you call that individual out for not being for us, it's like, oh, uh, you know, you got you to be right. You got to be yeah. right. You got to be right when you yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I research people. That's why I research you and and I, I'll sit there and go down that rabbit hole. I'll type in all kinds of stuff and find stuff. Because for me, I have found once you know somebody's personal life, you tend to know how they move. You know what I'm saying? That's like true. when you show me your wife and you show me your kids, I'm like, bet, but nigga, I know how you move. You see what I'm saying? Because or you watch the way people speak. Like because of the industry I'm in and what I do, I watch the little nuances. I listen to the words they typed up and what they say. And I'm mm -hmm. like, like if a men, like if it's something that dealing with black women, right? And you have these black men out there like, yeah, we gotta fight for women's rights. Women been so oppressed. Women, women, women. I start noticing the key word was women, not black okay. women. You see what I'm saying? So I said, oh, let me see who he married to. Let me see who his family is. Let me see how he moved. And 9.9 .9 out of 10 times, he got a white woman. You see what I'm saying? Because our our We're looking fight at you, Terry Crews. No, I'm, I'm just playing. No, no, no. I'm just playing. Terry Crews' wife was actually black. Terry Crews' wife is actually, she doesn't like black. No, 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 no. Because what? No, I said because when you listen to certain things, like the way black women deal with um, economic wages, all of that stuff is completely different from white women. So when we're having these discussions about, okay, black women, you know, we need to fight for black women equal pay, we need to fight for black women injustice, we need to fight for stuff like that. And that brother said, type of, yeah, women have been so oppressed, you know, women, 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 women. The key word, like I said, is women. So he's bringing out women because he got to fight for his wife. That's his wife. You see what I'm saying? He got to bring her into the mix because that's his wife. That's who he lay beside every night. So that'll tell me them little keywords right there. Once you go searching, that brother married to a white woman. Because if it was a black woman, he was going to focus on that point of black women underpaid, black women going in the system, black women health care, black women is he's saying women. And he just, yeah, women need this and women need that. Um, says keywords the same way when they say, oh, black men, you know, we need to worry about fighting. We need to worry about violence. We need to worry about this is black men. I said, and he don't include us or include other things. It's keywords to how people move all yeah. the time. It's plenty of black men that got elected, and you see how them jokers move, and they ain't did shit. You understand me? Because people don't really want to look at who they was with originally, who they riding with. And after you just got to look at people's personal life, and you see how they want to move, and it ain't nothing personal. Is that's who you with, is who you with. But that tells me where your heart is. But you see so what I'm saying? Does that, uh, does that change your, uh, so like like what you said about Kanye. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we talk a lot yes. on this show about separating the art from the artist. And you mm -hmm. mentioned that. So you personally, like mm -hmm. uh, in a situation with like, uh, well, maybe not Kanye, because you've already said that he's uh, the devil. But uh, no. You <laughs> <laughs> know, because we talk about, you know, uh, the different people, Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, different people who have uh, been quote unquote canceled, Bill Cosby, different mm -hmm. folks, and uh, mm -hmm. but have made tremendous contributions to the art, to, to the um, artistic zeitgeist, if you will. Uh, yeah. 
How do you, you artistic so zeitgeist? Anyway, I knew he was going to, you know, when you Bruh. say big words Bruh. around uh, you know, anyway, yeah, that, um, you syllables in one word, zeitgeist. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, are you able to separate the art from the artist? Can you still, like, I was, um, the what two weekends ago, there was a cookout um on my block and we could hear the music playing and i'm sitting and i'm working from home and they blasting uh uh step in the name of love and i'm like can we can we do that are we are we are we back there <laughs> go out there and dance to that shit is that a good right like i said because i'm gonna tell you why i for me personally i i don't separate I, the art from the artist, because as a as an artist, as a filmmaker, as a business owner, with the things I feel and the way I move tends to come out of what I'm doing, okay? And and it's it's, a, it's an expression of what I'm doing, and so in some form or another, even little. So when I look at like with Bill Cosby situation, even I look at what he contributed, what he did, stuff like that, okay? So, but I don't like when people use their own personal trauma to judge people. And what I mean by that is, so the women, I was like, yeah, I was like, the women is like, I'm okay, I'm a cancel Bill Cosby because they got, you know, raped, which is a right. horrendous thing to happen to anybody without looking at the totality of what happened. I'm not saying he probably didn't, he didn't do some of the stuff he did, but the totality of, I'm looking at everything because I'm pragmatic. So I'm looking at the case they tried him, which, which he shouldn't have been tried with because that was almost double jeopardy. That's why they was trying to make a plea deal with him because they know he should have been let go. So that's I look at all of that. Right now. Yeah. Let go right yeah. now. That's why he let go. That's why they, they trying to make get a deal. Because they don't let people yeah. go. It's, yeah. Because yeah. he already had settled that case with that woman and paid her. It was done. They tried him on something that was already he confessed to and paid. So I was like, he did probably some of the things that they said he did. But I'm like, I'm fair about mine. If you're going to try me, try me for some shit. I damn some new shit. You know what I mean? Like, don't put me on some old stuff. Now, as for his contribution, you can look at the contribution and take that for what it was before he messed up. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know what? The Cosby's got all us in the HBCUs. He taught us about family, taught us about this. And so he taught you a message that he actually probably was living. He just like goddamn roofie and rape type of sex. And I guarantee you his wife probably knew, but she wasn't into the shit. So she like, you better do what you got to do in them streets. You understand me? Because she's still hanging in there with that brother. So I right. was like, that's nah. That's pragmatic, Dave. That sounds right, that's, Dave. Yeah, that's pragmatic. But if you get help for what you did, now Michael Jackson, because me personally, I didn't believe the brother oh, molested shit. She said Mike. She went from Bill to Mike. Yeah. Let's go. Because I did, I, for me personally, just looking at the evidence of things that happened and then things that have come out later on and the boy saying his parents made him lie and stuff like that. I don't believe that he did it, but I believe he fell for the same okie doke a lot of black artists fall for. He was comfortable and trusted white well, people because that's what he was taught and look, he got his ass. Look, hold, caveat that when you say black artists, I feel like black male artists. Yeah, yeah, let me. <laughs> female artists get caught up in a different way right like they get caught up with a, with a no good dude or something or, yeah. but it's the same but, thing but see the black the black artists the black male artists let other ethnic groups catch them trying not to trust their own them are all white people that accuse micro molestation you see what I'm saying? All I'm it was, a, white it was a Hispanic boy in there. It was a Hispanic no, right. family. <laughs> right it wasn't us but I'm just saying with Bill Cosby who got his ass caught up See what I'm saying? Say, I was like, and that's the thing about it. Right? No, he knew he, he knew he couldn't roofie black women. <laughs> I, don't, I 
Like, that's 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 black that's black I always him. thought it would be Mike to get his cut off, not Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm saying, but you know, but I look at that no. and just like Chris Brown, like I haven't been able to listen to Chris Brown total because I know that brother ain't got help for what's going on with him yet. He's still right. doing it. You see what I'm saying? So I can't even support his ass because my money going towards what to, to fund his, his oh, bullshit. Oh, hold up, hold up. And this is a segue off of what Veronica is saying. And I texted Veronica. The cancel is because like thinking like doing a comparison to the Dixie Chicks and the backlash they caught with regards yeah. to their, their support. You know what I mean? And the big Dixie Chicks, what they did wasn't 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 half as offensive as molesting children raping right. women you know what i mean but right. their base their fan base was fine with cut off it, it was right that's because their fan base was supporting the dude you know they just came out against uh uh what's his name bush right during the war yeah uh-huh. and then they called him unpatriotic but, 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 but and all this stuff fan, and that's what i'm saying there so for something that in in the grand scheme of life is is minuscule nothing Right. Their fan base was fine with cutting them off, whereas us, we'll ride and die until you literally I, I took my coochie. Until you look to, like Veronica knows. Hold on now, she right. She right. Say that to She right. She right. She right. She right. Michelle. Remember what happened when she? No, no. She, she met, tried I to met, perform at uh, Trump's inauguration. I'm at, she had yeah, albums I, I, coming I, out. She had uh, uh, collabs with a bunch of people. Uh, right. What's her name? Look, Black Chris, Thought. Look, Chris, or, I mean, um, Quest Love offered her money right, not to do Michelle it. Michelle is, is probably the exception and not the rule. Because we No, but because she wasn't as popular either. Right, she, her people right. wasn't long. She wasn't as popular. That Chris part, Brown exactly. beat the bricks off Rihanna's ass. And they still was buying his CD the next time the mama came out. Yes. You understand me? Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, all Kelly getting played right now because they pay for they, and their music catalog long. You understand me? Woody Allen, what oh, I mean, Woody oh, Harrison, oh, 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 still oh, making movies after that. Since we want to talk about Chris, Chris at Michelle, let's talk about how they ain't riding for black women like how we do for black men. There you go. That's how that pop off. I mean, I know, you know, I never said they did. I don't I think y'all got it tough in these streets. I agree with you hundred percent. Hey Mike, every morning I wake up and thank God I ain't a black woman. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, no but, but, I, that's, but see, but that's the loyalty factor of why a lot of these black entertainers right now are feeling that heat. Because yes. black women are like, so you ain't riding for me. Let them other chicks support your ass. I ain't buying your CD. I ain't, I ain't Googling your name. I ain't watching your film. So that's why a lot of I'm looking and they stagnant. Because see, the women and the people who they riding for ain't riding for them. You understand what? me? So we ain't going to watch a movie. I'm on the darkness. We ain't going to watch a movie. <laughs> I'll turn my light off for y'all. We're not going to watch a movie. We're not going to support you no more because we see all that you're doing is lip service. You want our money. You want our energy to boost your career no matter what it is. See, football and different sports still maintain because black men still push that. And exactly. them dudes say all kind of shit throwing y'all up all under the bus and y'all still loyal to them jokers. And I'm sitting there like, okay, so you ain't even loyal to somebody who loyal to you. Shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Kanye literally said, I'm riding with this joker. Who did kill your ass because I need attention because Barack didn't invite me to the White House like he did other people. Right, this right. narcissistic joker preach murder. Herschel Walker walking right now. Talk about oh, black people need to get black people need to get killed. Oh, black. What about white reparations? 
Do you understand the level well, that they got to Yeah, yeah. And I feel I feel like 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 she said about the seven Michelle. There's some people that's exceptions to the rule. It's the Herschel Walkers, yeah. it's the Jim Browns, it's the people who get to a certain level yeah. and feel whoa, like whoa, they whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Jim Brown and Jim Brown be right for us. What you talking about? No, no, what's his name? That was uh that Come on, running the, uh, back right and that's where it stopped. That's it. Herschel Walker and Jim Brown ran the ball. Other than that, Jim Brown is everything, and Herschel Walker is the boss. What the fuck are you talking about? Herschel Walker is a sellout. Jim Brown ain't. There you go. <laughs> Wasn't he at the White House with a... Uh, yeah, he was in the White Kanye? House. He had knee pads on. He had knee pads on. <laughs> Didn't he go to the White House with Kanye? It was golden. They was golden knee pads. They was golden. Am I yeah, I said, yeah, because they were talking Because I think he had got invited... And I was like, but he ain't been sitting up there talking so about he it. Been, he, been on Donald Trump. he was on the same stuff, man. Come on now. He was the same way. women. He got the same ass handed to him like Steve Harvey. Because Steve Harvey said his wife told his ass not to go to that White House. His wife said, do not do this, Steve. This ain't going to be good for you. This man ain't about nothing. But because he, they like, oh, well, I can make a difference. Because he's going to listen to me. Because I'm a man like him. That nigga is that Trump is a classist joker. He's about classism and more. He more classist than racist. But, but, oh, yeah. whoa, 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 but he's a fucking genius. He just made a whole bunch of money. So he made a whole bunch of money off the, off the ignorance of white supremacy. He made a whole bunch of money. No, he did. No, white supremacy is not ignorant. White supremacy no, oh, yep. is white supremacy. They know right. full well. Yep. There's no lack yep, of knowledge right. there at all. I you wish right. there was okay. <laughs> the ignorance falls in line, falls in line with us thinking that we ever going to motherfucking get, get up against it if we don't come together. No, the ignorance is that they literally will kill themselves so you won't have nothing. That the what they will kill themselves. They they lack self preservation because they will kill themselves to make sure your black brown tail don't have nothing. And he knew that, and he milked that because it's in history. They've done it repeatedly, fifty million times, running the same game, the same play, and they fall for it every single time. And we when fall for it. If you start there, we, we, we're gonna interview her at all. We're gonna do today. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Just start yet. That's a great segue into uh. So. What exactly? No, <laughs> Aisha, uh, <laughs> you, uh, I told Aisha that off. because she knows you better than most people that she should uh, spearhead this interview okay. and uh, ask you some questions about all of the wonderful things that you have going on. So I'm going to turn the reins. You know, I usually do the interviewing and come up with the questions, but I'm going to turn the reins over to our resident feminine energy, uh, <laughs> Miss Aisha Green. Uh, thank you, David. So, um, Veronica. <laughs> now that people know who you are, now that they have some background and they understand right, right. where you stand, let's talk about what you got going on so they can support you. Right. Yeah, I'm in my car right now, so y'all getting this car light. Go ahead, I'm listening. You good, you good. <laughs> so, Veronica, you know, just in that this uh, short discourse, we see that you are very passionate about a lot of social issues. Um, yeah. Can we talk about some of the social initiatives that you have under your um, conglomerate that you're working on? So a couple of things we've done. We, um, well, we used to do film camps, uh, every two week, two to four week film camps in underserved areas. Um, mm. So right now the pandemic kind of, you know, shut that down and a lot of, of institutions right now are waiting for funding because that was very popular. Um, that was one we've told that was one of the 
the, basically the most popular that all the kids wanted back. And one of the things it did was um, it helped those kids see things outside of their neighborhood. And we do a lot of that under the rebrand Black Umbrella. So mm-hmm. the rebrand Black Umbrella is designed to basically can help Black people control their narrative. So mm-hmm. for as talked and spoke about doing through this uh, throughout this interview majority of black people haven't been able to control a narrative or black people as a whole hasn't been able to control a narrative so rebrand mm-hmm. black said okay let me take the truth and put it out there with us controlling it so mm-hmm. whether that's commercials or psas or summer camps for kids or after school initiatives or even like do conferences that i've hosted like respect me conferences and things like that mm-hmm. i said the goal is to make sure i control the narrative of what's genuinely being seen in regards to black people not that i speak for all black people but i damn damn sure close <laughs> so, so i want to make sure so we were that's the goal for my company dumb and media with rebrand black was the, okay how do we control our narrative we're teaching ourselves financial literacy. We're teaching ourselves political power. Give a political power to teach ourselves health, all the moral compass that we need to have, and even the truth about religious things that we follow. So, that's all. Oh. Now, just say that. Say, so the financial literacy, like, 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 fill us in, please, a little bit more. Plug so, so one of the things we partner with different companies from Prudential to wealth growing groups to say, okay, how do we teach black people with the literacy, the financial literacy from where they're at? See, a lot of things will say, oh, invest your money here in the stock market or saving your 401k and blah, blah. Majority of black people don't have none of that. None of that. Okay. Well, so and, we, and not, not, we don't, not only do we not have any of it, we don't know what it, it, it has a plug into. We don't exactly. know what. That we don't know what they, that that kind of collateral collateral brings. No, or we also don't know how to navigate what it is to to uh, to say invest. When you say yeah. invest, I mean I can flip something, work something, twerk something, big, But as far as investing in something and sending my money off, you know, digitally, digitally into the fucking internet and whatever, whatever it is, to crypto, whatever, and come back. Bitch, if I don't get my money back, I'm coming to see, I, I'm coming to see some motherfucking money, you think? So it's like... But see, that's not how, finan- that's not how the investment, to, investing in the stock market and crypto works. You ain't got nobody coming after That's why I need literacy. <laughs> yeah. So with the literacy starting at somebody, some, if you got black people only earning $7.50 an hour, $10 an hour, how do they start just even saving a little bit of that? So sometimes teaching them how big $5 or $10 a week is. You know, $40 can flip into about almost $400, you know, and that's a little bit of money some people need to say, okay, now how do you take this and put this in a CD? How do you take this right. and put in any type of mutual fund for it to grow? $50 mutual funds can grow if you let it sit there, but they mm-hmm. don't even know. They assume you need all these thousands of hundreds of dollars to invest or to even try to grow. If you give people some hope, people be bragging on the street. You hear me type of man, Dave, I just bought a CD player. You know, I'm investing in that future shit. That shit sound good to them. Okay, because it makes them not the normal, everyday, average, hood-ass person. <laughs> and so we have to teach financial literacy because, like, a lot of people, I, I broke it down to a young lady simple one time. I said, she bought a bottle of African Pride oil. And I said, you know that African Pride oil, they're making millions of dollars off of your one purchase. And she was like, oh, how is that possible? And I had to show, I said, from every ingredient in this bottle to the plastic is traded on Wall Street. Do you understand mm. me? So your $4 purchase is making hundreds and millions of dollars for businesses and entities that own the, the hobo oil that's manufacturing it to the people that's manufacturing from the cellophane to the plastic. Your $4 is turning into millions at the end of the month. 
okay? So they don't think they're moving or doing anything special when they even look at what they're buying. You understand me? Uh-huh. Starbucks was a damn coffee shop. You know how much coffee move in the world? Coffee is the number two high selling product in the world, bro. Yeah, yeah. Some damn what's beans. Number, what's number one? What's number one? Water. Water. <laughs> and then, and my they don't realize. Like, my wife keeps talking about we, we got to invest in water. I'm like, what are you talking about? We let, water. let me tell you, water these companies, and you got companies getting water for free. These companies are getting water for free. Do you know that? Nancy's all I'm getting water for free. And they're balling the bitches selling to you. And they're getting it for free. For free. Well, that's like air weaves they get for free. Yeah. They literally got these women going praising God, cutting their hair off in these Indian temples and shit and gathering and selling it. Right, they take a sacrifice, literal sacrifice. <laughs> wait, 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 so, wait. What's that? Hold on. What? I was I was 23 and I was offered $1,500 for my head. Uh-huh, yeah. By Indian lady. You were offered money. You were offered money. Majority of right. weed that come from India, they're not offered anything. These women are shaving their hair at temples and respect the reverence for their God. And them jokers come and sweeping it up, cleaning it, and selling it in bundles. Yep. Wow. We gotta move to India, Dave. We gotta shit. move to India and get a vacuum and, <laughs> and some scissors. Some brooms. And some scissors and shit. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's the wow. final that's financial literacy is teaching everything or the fact that you wanna look good, that you're spending two, three hundred dollars on your hair every month and you don't even have no goddamn money. You understand mm-hmm. me? You don't have no money. And it's nothing wrong with looking good, but you got to do it on your budget until you get to that space that you can be happy and at peace for what you spent. That's why I have them look at trying to flip their hair and get some money. You got how many girls right now in debt getting these uh, BBLs? And they in debt. You getting a booty lift to go mess with the Sam Sorry dudes? You need That's somebody else to pay that loan off. What's a BBL? Fuck. What's a it? Brazilian what's butt lift. A Brazilian butt lift. You know, my girl, hey, I love my motherfucking wife. You understand me? You understand me? You understand me? You understand me? Look, the first thing I thought when I first seen her, I found that thing in the mall. You understand me? Fucking was, man, it's like something is just like, no, coherency, no coherency to no, I'm just, I'm being real with y'all. It's like, man, I feel, I feel bad because it's like somehow, some way we convinced our babies, our girls, that it's okay to be a whole bitch. Like, and she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. It's like, shit, Luke was right, face down, ass up. It's like, it's like, generate, we can't get mad because we put it out there. We started it. We started. Our generation really propelled the shit. Well, I don't, I don't think necessarily we going, agree we with that. We think it was going to be 20 years past the millennium. Here we are. Out, it came out. Of, shit, some of that stuff came out in our generation, but we had the wherewithal. You know what I'm saying? Like no, we didn't. Our no, we didn't. No, we didn't, didn't give a fuck. We didn't give a fuck. That was well, the mantra. Generation X, Our parents instilled us. I had this conversation with my old host, Jay Sun, yesterday about how the music, uh, how I listened to all of that stuff from Bone Thugs to Scarface to Biggie to all of that. And I never wanted to do none of that stuff. It was cool. Because you had a balance. You had a balance. It was a balance. It was a balance. Yeah, it's more about the My individual daddy was a dope fiend. <laughs> so no, no. Because see, look, even if you didn't come from a certain home, you had a balance of uh, good quality music versus gangster music. You had a balance of you know, the Cosby's a different world on TV. You didn't have reality shows raising these kids. 
You didn't yeah, have yeah. like whole like stripper music, tablet, pretty much, and gangster music raising these kids. We don't have, they don't have a balance. And the problem is because that's one of the things we try to teach in these classes that we do is like teaching them to under to be okay asking yourself what's next. Because a lot of people will accept something without asking, well, what's next from this? You think if people accepted abortion back in the day, they would have, you think they would have accepted it knowing that we sitting there being okay with a fetus being killed in the eighth or ninth month? You think that shit would have flew in? No, because people don't ask themselves what can come from this. You see what I'm saying? Like, we accept and say, okay, we love people who are gay. We love, they fine. You didn't think you'd have somebody tell, say, got, saying a man pregnant? You didn't think shit would go that far to the left. You didn't think accepting gangster music would have said, hey, we went from, oh, well, I don't care if he's saying ho. I don't care if he's saying bitch. He ain't talking to me. Girl, he's talking to them. Now, the, instead of her or she, it's bitch or ho. Instead of him or man, it's nigga. You see what I'm saying? The pronouns got replaced. So we don't ask ourselves what's next. And that's what I try to teach, whether it's my millennials that come talk to me or even a generational ex. I was like, start asking yourself what's next before you accept some of this stuff. Because it can go down a rabbit hole real fast. And that's yeah, what and happened and with the, us. Uh, we didn't check it because we didn't think this would happen. Now look at where the hell we at. I knew, I knew, I didn't give a fuck. Thought, which you, you know, it's, it's intelligent thought because, like, uh, in the law, they have a, uh, there's a, a theory called the slippery slope, and they use yeah. it all of the time. You know, to say, well, if this is happening now, what's gonna be what's gonna be the outcome exactly. of it? It's that, this, mm -hmm. that exact uh, thing. So there were people who had it in mind, but it's just you know, uh, money and uh, you know, uh, greed, and uh, some people say a uh, 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 planned strategy was to to. Uh, not really focus on that, but to have us focus on other things while, yeah. you know, uh, the, the the rug is pulled out from under us, basically. But um, but so in in this uh, in this episode, while Aisha is the interviewer, I'm playing referee, so I'm here to guide it back to. I'm gonna get us off the rails and guide us back to the interview. So what's what's up, Aisha? What you got? Yeah, just a segue from that uh, course of conversation. There was also a book that you put out, Veronica. Um, did you want to yeah. bring? discuss that as far as well as, yeah it's a book yeah i got look and i gotta update because there's so much that happened right right <laughs> so right. I, i'll touch a little bit on the book so it's a political book my plan is to have everything edited and out by next year because a lot has happened and changed from it so mm -hmm. it's a book that basically analyzes all the stereotypes and how we got where we where we're at as black people um and so the book was called why you shouldn't eat from some white people Okay. And the title of the book came, my mother was like an in-home caregiver, in-home nurse type of thing. So all her clients, all these Jewish white people. And so I was raised around them and stuff like that. And so one of my best friends at the time was this girl named Shannon. And we was like seven or seven, seven or eight or something like that. Anyway, we was playing on the playground. She called me the N-word. She called me Nick. I remember just lighting her up because I knew in my mind, you don't call me that. You see what I'm saying? Even at that age. And so when I you say lighten her, her up, you shot her? You shot her? No, I beat, I beat her up. <laughs> so, so, you know, but my mom, I knew enough, though, at that age to not tell my mom why I stopped playing with her. Why I stopped? Because I knew my mom would have went to her mom and said, okay, so you must have taught her this. You see what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. her mom and my mom were friends. And so, but anyway, so it's just like every time I started looking at Anytime black people got involved in something from bankruptcy to home ownership to fight and to investing to plant to parenthood, all of those things, the rules would change. So once we start owning homes, they change homestead and laws. 
Once we started learning about bankruptcy laws, they changed the bankruptcy laws. Once we got into financial security, they started changing. Oh, well, you, you got to sign your name here with an X or you got to have this white person order about you to own this restaurant. I just thought a minute, anytime we became knowledgeable in something, the people that was in power, which unfortunately in America was white people, they changed the laws and started changing the rules. And so they would bend them to say, oh, yeah, we might have freed you, but now we made it where you, we ain't going to give you no job. So now you hungry. Now you got to steal. Now you go to jail. Now I'm going to loan you back up to the person we freed you to. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So now oh, we gave you voting right laws, but now we're going to make sure you still stifle with these voting laws that only, you know, you got to have IDs. You got to do this. So that's where the title of the book came from. It's like, why you shouldn't eat from some white people? So it was like, every time we got into something, they changed the laws, you know, and changed the rules of the game. So the, 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 and then the book is just not about blaming white people. It's about giving us kind of action plans that are simple to do. Cause I can hype you up all day, but if you ain't going to implement nothing, then it don't matter. You see what I'm right. saying? Simple, something as simple as getting your ID can stop a lot of voting right laws that they allowing them to get on us right now. Get a goddamn ID. But they made sure they closed a lot of the DMVs in small towns. So sometimes you got to go 50 miles out to get your ID now. You mm. know? So And so when people, black people start to question, I want the book to teach them the power of voting. When they say, oh, I vote don't matter. One thing I learned about white people, white people don't spend money on bullshit. And if white people around here spending all this money to take your vote, it's because that puts them in power. Now they control where your kids go to school, where your taxes go, who, uh, what education check you got. They, they control how your money is invested because they are in a position to write the laws. That's why they don't want more work. They want to be in power. So when you think somebody's spending millions and billions of dollars to stop a vote, you think it's because they like working? Right. That's or it don't count? Right, it's definitely significant. They don't put nobody into into voter suppression because it has no merit. Right. I said I said it has so much merit because it allows them to control everything from you and your children. You but, understand but, me? But 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 they're 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 resting on the position of either people are too lazy or they're so jaded. Like, yep. like let's let's put them in a position. Oh, it has no merit. It has so that you yep. that you move that way. That's how they keep you yep. oppressed because yep. it's like oh, it doesn't count. No, if you don't exercise it, it don't count. You're right. Right. They don't. Right. Because that's how Trump lost. Because Republicans didn't vote. <laughs> he, he didn't want it like, but that's a simple thing. And you had his own Republican governors on camera saying this. Got caught them saying it. He didn't win because they didn't vote for him. Or, or, more, or more specifically, he discouraged people from using um, mail-in ballots. Like he, yep. his, pop, his, his population, he was like, don't mail it in, go to the ballots. And bruh, going to the ballots in 2020 was insane as far as trying yeah. to go. And yeah. And then look, ask yourself this too, David. Why don't they ever make voting a federal holiday? Because they know the majority I, of people who work it would vote they Democrat. Don't want, they don't I, want poor I've asked myself that question on many occasions. And the answer that I've given vote. myself is that a federal holiday is actually legally, if you look up the uh, the, the term federal holiday, I don't know. I was going to make up something. Yeah, but go ahead. Say, I'm she I pulled up Google no, immediately. She said, she said, she said, they don't, they don't fucking want poor people day, to be active in the they don't want poor people to be actively engaged no, no, because it's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah, cuz if you have to take off of work 
that incentivizes you staying, you want it, you, you got to yep. work to pay your bills. But if it's a federal holiday where now you have the day off to go and vote, okay, guess what? You go out and vote and you enjoy the rest of your day off. You watch the elections and see what the outcome yep. is. You'd have a way stronger and more in, engaged population if it was a, a national holiday, but they, they don't want to have right. that. That's true. So if, I'm sorry, go ahead, Veronica, what were you going to say? No, there were Republicans looking at like they would lose all the time. You see what I'm saying? Because the majority of people who work in and need that pay and need to be there that day are Democrats. Are Democrats. They move like that. So that's why they're not going to make it a federal holiday. That's why every, a lot of other countries have voting as a federal holiday, but the U.S. don't. See how that work? But those right. are the people in power that you thought voting didn't matter on, and now they're in power. Right. Voting was always easy for white men. Everybody else is yeah. like, eh. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a, another show where we talk about voter rights and voter suppression. Yeah, I want to yeah, talk yeah. about Veronica. Let's talk about Veronica and what she's doing uh, uh, in her life and what she's the doing to bring up. Yes. The, uh, right, so at, so what? Not, some of y'all may not know because we talk about some of everything else. I am right producing the record film and television. Um, and so we have multiple projects coming up. You know, now that we back kind of in full swing with the pandemic holding out a lot of productions. Um, if y'all check me out and follow me, y'all, on Dome Media, you see a lot of projects we have. So right now the goal is to have three projects um, under belt for next year. And they're going to be shot in three different countries. That's the goal. Uh, so right now we're looking at, so I just don't, you just don't see me travel just to travel. I'm a businessman, like Jay-Z said. <laughs> so it's about going to these places, making those uh, connections, and then unifying across the board because a lot of brown people in different countries want to all work together. That's the thing about it. People don't realize they want to work together. Um, so Dame Media is my company with that. That's my main source of bread and butter, what I love to do. Um, I'm part owner of a bakery that's uh, all family recipes that's located in Charleston. Uh, we do very well with that called Geechee Bakes. And if anybody knows, that's what I am a Geechee. Um, from Charleston, um, and I also own a property company. So right now we bought our first property this year and we're building townhomes on that. That's the goal for that. So the goal is to make sure that portfolio is diverse because I'm trying to build generational wealth, not just for me, other people, but that's my main thing. It's like, I love creating, I love controlling that narrative. I love giving people the tools they need to be the people they can be. So if you're not the person you need to be, you ain't gonna say you ain't got the tools. You just didn't want to take the damn ham and the nail. You understand me? And you just wanted to be who you want to be. And that's fine because everybody ain't meant to be a one percenter. A lot of people are one percent because they did what they supposed to do, you know. And so it's not. So that's my goal is always controlling that narrative for black people, bringing us to a certain level on a genuineness, a genuine love for black people. You know, what I mean, I don't care if you have black, whatever, African, whatever, a genuineness, because we the most foot in the ass ethnicity <laughs> than any other ethnicity across the border, but we're the creators. We it's create like that, stuff, uh, make it popular. Right. Everybody else make a profit. Everybody else make it profitable. We make it popular. So we got to switch that right, game right. up and not yeah, have all this right. damn infighting. We can't have yeah. the infighting. So that's my goal with my company is to control the narrative you see on that screen, the narrative, whether that's a phone screen or a movie screen, control the narrative you see in these books, control the narrative you see as far as black businesses and ownership of everything. So... That's yeah. me. Yeah, and you said you said Dame Media. Is that my pronouncing it right? Yes. Dame? 
Yeah, Can so Dame means to give. Yes, it's D-A-M-M-I, media, M-E-D-I-A, and that's .com. That's on all the social media platforms, D-A-M-M-I, media.com. So you see a lot of projects we work on from, you know, projects with Michael um, Michael B. Jordan to pro- uh, for Oprah Project, all the stuff my company's worked on and things we've done through the years. So we ain't no fly-by-night BS bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so... so. So you said Dame means what? Uh, to give. So when I was in Italy, so I was in the military for years. And so that's when I lived over there, I got that name and meant to give. And that's what I wanted my company to do was to give everything that it's supposed to give. So I stuck with the name because at the time I had to learn Italian. So one of the first phrases I learned was Dame Spazio. Means backup, give me space because the well, Italian stayed on I, the system like say, I was like, that literally <laughs> was a song from Black Rob and that was right. Like, Dame Spacio. Dame Spacio. Let me tell you, because they was on black women. I'm give telling you, I had to pay for okay. nothing. Give me space. It was give yeah, me space. Give me space. Yeah. Dame Spacio. So, yeah, give me space. Like, hey, I didn't have to worry about right. nothing, but they was on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so but Dame me. R.I.P. Yeah, R- 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 to Black Rob. R.I.P. to Black Rob. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you said he had a song called Dame Spacio? Dame- yeah, yeah, with Lil' Kim on it. With Lil' Kim on it. Yep. Dame oh, Spacio. Okay. She said it like I should have heard it because Lil' Kim was on it. With Lil' Kim on it. No, no, heard it, it was a popular song. It was a popular song. It was a popular okay. song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you started the company, Dame Media. How long ago? Um, I started Dame about 10, oh, a little over 10 years ago. And at first, because I was a fashion designer for a long time since I was a kid. And so anyway, I got into fashion design and I had uh, my flagship store was located in Charlotte. Once we moved here, my fla- I opened my flagship store. And so mm-hmm. I had pieces that I sold in different boutiques across the U.S. and, and the clients. And so that's how I met a lot of people because I, would, I was either styling them for their covers, magazines, um, CDs, things like that. Um, and so that's how I got a lot in that industry. But writing always pulled me. I always was a writer. I always was a writer, always was a, t- I have a TV watcher. And so it's amazing how things that pulled you as a kid is actually what you want to do. We just mm-hmm. didn't have the knowledge to know I could go into film and television. My parents, didn't, right. you know, my mom didn't know that. And so by the time I learned that, I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. I didn't want to write books. I wanted to see it on a screen, you know? And so I got into that and just teaching. I was always a network. I'm always a person that can move in a room and do what I need to do. So it was just sitting down and learning the structure of how to tell a story. And I tell people movies, television, they're all emotional marketing. So it's to get, it's to convince you to feel something. Whatever I'm trying to convince you to feel in that story, that's what it is. It's designed to make you feel something. And so that's what uh, people, photographers, that's what anything, what can you make people feel? And right. so I, that's that's always me. Like, I want to control that narrative. I do. So. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, so you talked about, um, you know, uh, uh, recognizing that uh, that wants to entertain from, from a little kid. So mm-hmm. when you were younger and someone would ask you what you wanted to be when you grow up, do you remember what you would tell them? You know, I can't necessarily remember, but everybody thought I'd be a fashion designer because my mother used to buy the 200 pack of loose leaf paper and I would glue all the edges together. She'd get pissed off because I would glue it together like a catalog and each page I drew clothes on it. I drew clothes on each page and she would be like, Ronnie, that, that paper was school. <laughs> so <laughs> people I know till this day was like, man, I remember you drawing in class and designing. So I always had that part that was down. I always was a creator. I would take styrofoam and make houses, doll houses, all that stuff. I took things apart because I wouldn't know how they work. I would take iron apart, iron the iron apart while it was plugged in. 
And my mom was like, girl, you better kill yourself. But because I, I didn't yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? I just was like, I was always inquisitive about how did this work? What makes it tick? Because I always like knowing facts or truth about stuff. And mm. so um, so that's what kind of got me in like this. And I always looked at TV though. I looked at TV like crazy because back then we realized we didn't have bad times apparently. And they let us watch what we wanted to watch. And right. so just, so yeah. <laughs> Miami Vice, and I know these used right. to come out at 9 o'clock. Right. I know. Hunter, girl, Hunter, Kojak, all that craziness. We yeah, watch. Yeah, Hunter, but, wow. Again, that was, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I realized like, as I got older, but I was I was an avid writer all through school. I always was writing papers. I was the person that did papers on, like, taboo topics. I wrote about abortion. I wrote about birth control. I wrote about racism. I wrote about stuff like that, you know, in my high school years and my middle school years, because I liked saying okay well what makes this the reason people arguing about it or why what's going on with this so and mm-hmm. I had a I had an English teacher who nurtured that you know and she was like you know and I was always on a debate type of team because I all like you ain't gonna you ain't gonna outback me we gonna see <laughs> so it was Just always from this conversation so much- I can tell that yeah. there's not too many people that yeah. I yeah, because I we because it's because it's just knowing and then trying to make sure I'm coming from an unbiased place. You know what I mean? Like I'm okay you teaching me something new if you can teach it to me from not from your feelings. Don't tell me how you feel. Tell me what you actually mm-hmm. may know. You know? And so a lot of people tend to go on, well, I feel this is wrong. How you know it's wrong? Why because you know what I'm saying I can feel you slapping me is wrong. Now I can tell you how it's wrong because you put you applied your hand in my face. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's the that's the difference in it. So but I what so did you do to get thing. slapped though? No, I'm just playing. I'm just yeah, playing. Exactly. No, so you question that, like, what did I do for you to slap me, goddamn? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but all of that comes into play. So I like I said, sometimes the things we do as kids, that's intuitive. That God already put there. We just don't know how to nurse mm-hmm. it. So that's always been my goal is to nurse it out of my children and let them try different things, you know, because you never know what yeah. you nurse. So right, yes, right. I always was into writing or something, creating something. I'm always a creator. Creative, yeah, yeah. So that's my last question, Ish. What you got? Um, so we already asked about upcoming projects, and um, we touched on the book. We touched on uh, rebrand black. Um, I guess from a creative space, who are some of the people that you are excited to work with? Like, who are people that you are creating content for? You know who I want to work with, and I'm I'm not creating content for her, but I Dolly Parton. I'm a big Dolly Parton fan. Oh, no, we know. And, and, <laughs> and I'm because Dolly we Parton know? is a I boss. Think you probably do, but yeah, yeah, let me tell was... you, Dolly Parton is a true boss chick to the fullest. You understand me? Research Dolly Parton. Dolly what? Parton ain't play, but her money. Dolly Parton ain't play, but her her dog on property rights. None of that stuff. Dolly Parton is the true business chick, and she genuine as hell. Genuine as hell. So I was like, I always wanted to work with her and Patty LaBelle. And I was uh, like, um, Diane, yeah, Diane Carroll was the other one. You know, she passed away. But those right, are the right. two people, like, for real, for real. Like, I was like, I want to meet those people. You know what I mean? Because just their genuineness is what I just just liked about them. So, like, Dolly Parton is a big one on my list. Like, she's one of the people I haven't met yet that I want to meet. Is, is there but, anybody? Yeah, I, projects. Hmm? I was gonna say, is there anybody in in of of the newer generation that that you see kind of filling those shoes or kind of taking up those reins as much as as much as either of those women? And I ask that because I know, don't really, I, think, you know, I mean, there no. are people out there who do a lot. Yeah. But but is there anybody who you see on that level? I think, let me. The only as far as like entertainment and besides yourself, of course. No, no, no. <laughs> like. 
I'm gonna tell you nothing because I'm no beehive person, but I was like, a lot of these entertainer people aren't moving in a genuineness. And that's why they won't be on the level of the Patty the Bells or the Dolly Partner because they're too worried about being canceled instead of being genuine. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or and respectful of people. So when Dolly Partner realized, um, she was like the Confederate flag thing offended people, right? At her park, when all that Confederate flag stuff came out, she took it down. She didn't have no committee meeting. She didn't deny that. She was like, take it off. And people mm-hmm. ask her about it. She said, if it makes people sad or it hurts them, why keep it up there? She said, so I took it down. As simple as that. Like, move in your genuine space. A lot of these artists can't because they're being puppets and handled. I don't even mm-hmm. care if they seem genuine with you. Like, Cardi B is one of the, uh, like, close to genuine because she just spew her shit and let people hurt her feelings and she come out all the time. But she's still being product placed as well. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. A lot like of them ain't genuine. Yeah. A lot of them aren't genuine anymore. And because they're too worried about being lasting or being on top or or, or being canceled. You know what I mean? So a lot, I just I just don't see that from that standpoint. They got and a lot of them don't have the talent because like I said, we've cheapened what genius or talent is now. We've cheapened those words. So right. we want to get people like Beyonce put in that work. I'm always respect that. That chick put in that damn work yeah, to get yeah, what she got. Yeah. But a lot of them ain't put in no work. They're like, oh, they so yeah. great. They yeah. had one damn album and some features, goddamn it, and they barely was decent, <laughs> you know? But but that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of them are on that level because they aren't genuine. That's why they, they probably won't last as long as, you know, the Izzy brothers them lasted. And, and it's right. because they aren't genuine. They aren't genuine. Yeah. They can't stay authentic to one another. Shit, they're doing all kind of drugs, so you hope their ass don't die by the time they got damn 30. Shit. So you know yeah, they yeah. can't be genuine. So that's my answer. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> all right, Ish, what you got? What's next? Um, all right. Well, so we already know how you feel about <laughs> about Dolly Parton, the Isley Brothers. And, no, but uh, and the Isley Brothers. Um, what as far as uh being a content creator, what are some of the challenges that you see? Um with putting out your message? Like, what are some of the challenges that you face? I I think it you have to be okay not appeasing everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And you have to be and put yourself in a space. Like, I've been able to put myself in a space where I can not only write, I can film my stuff. So mm-hmm. nobody, you could tell me no. Okay, you told me no. I can go do my shit myself. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And a lot mm-hmm. of content creators off the bat aren't able to do that. Because either they don't know the business side of something or they, they, and they only know the artistic side or they don't have the resources or the ability to get the resources to be able to control their own narrative. You know what I mean? So, so I think a lot of that gets lost because even big, big name black people still telling black writers, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't say that or maybe we should change this or maybe we should do that because they're still beholding the people cutting their checks. You understand? I mean, these are big people in the industry, black people in the industry. So the, the problem comes into place if you cannot control your whole message and your whole content. You see what I'm saying? Right, so you're right. always going to get manipulated, white and black, in this industry. You're going to get manipulated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Being able to control. So I try to put myself in a space to not have somebody do that to me. Right. Yeah. Where you control the vehicle, the capability, as well as the message. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been put in a position like that? Have you had people try to censor or alter your message or your uh, your vision? I'll tell you, I've had, I think the way I come across, I like the same way I come across, y'all, I talk to the white people that work for me like this. I talk to white people in the boardroom like this. I talk, because here's the thing, they just want to, they want the money. 
They want to see the money right. at the end of the day. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. don't care about the, the, how your feelings and stuff. So you have to get in a place to say, you know what? Okay, if she going to deliver, she delivers. And we ain't arguing what she's saying. You know what I'm saying? So they, they, might, they might think about it. But then they probably ask themselves, like, okay, how is this going to go down? Or we say, this to Veronica. You see what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. the fact that we know she delivers and her authenticity. So why are we going to try to run up on her now? You see? And you have to be willing to walk away if it's important. Because it's a lot I'm going to say, well, can you change this character white? Because it'll make more money. No, I want it to be black so that black people get a different message. The money doesn't matter to me. You know what I'm saying? It matters mm-hmm. to them at the end of the day. So I'm okay taking a little bit to get a different message out. A lot of people aren't. You know, mm-hmm. they want the money or they're too scared that the opportunity won't present itself again. You got to be willing to say, okay, then I, I, it might not. But a lot of people, they, they can't they can't do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so that's, I, I don't let, I don't try to let people think they can put me in that position. <laughs> that's the best way mm-hmm. I can say it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause that, cause half the time people call me. I don't call people. That's a difference. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's when your reputation speaks for itself and puts you in a position <laughs> to be more, uh, to be more yeah. demanding and to you know you yeah. have more leverage and more. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that so. you call me? I didn't call you. So see, that's that's a different monster when you when they call you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> Veronica's like, you need me. I don't need you. Right. 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 Like, I didn't ring my phone. You didn't call me. So, so. Isha, I don't want to step on your interview and you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm I'm trying because I mean I feel like I already know the answers. So yeah, like- but everybody <laughs> don't know it though. So you still got that's why I figured you'd be a good interviewer because you know the stuff that she yeah, wants to talk about. I know most of the answers. Um, so uh with regards to I guess your mantra. And, you know, the passion that you have with regards to elevating Black culture and Black people specifically, um, mm-hmm. do you feel like that is isolating or alienating for other um, groups? You know what I mean? As far as the message that you're putting out there. I I don't feel it is because here's the thing. I'm here to for Black people to see a different narrative. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoy it, because at the end of the day, we all have the common factor of being human. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so some of our stories are similar, maybe different dialogue, and maybe different ways that it's taken. And so even white people tired of seeing white people on scene. That's why they watch a lot of black shows. And then mm-hmm. sometimes you having the power to tell your narrative give other ethnic groups that power that they need. Like, mm-hmm. matter of fact, uh, the actor who was the lead actor, and I can't remember his name right now, of um, Shang-Chi, he said Black Panther gave him what he needed. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? To mm-hmm. do the job that he needed to um to be inspired to do that movie. And he said, because without that movie, it wouldn't have been their movie. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So sometimes Black people have to be the one who out in the front getting chopped in the goddamn head first before other people get on. And that's always been our fight in America. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so sometimes telling our story gives people the ability to tell their own. Mm-hmm. And so, and yeah. it's, te- it's uh, we can tell our story authentically. So I don't think people will get alienated if they enjoy it as a story and stop looking for, oh, is it, are they hanging? Like every story we write shouldn't be trauma. Write some right. love stuff, write some sci-fi shit, write, yeah. write some, you know, some historical stuff and spin it and people will enjoy it because people don't want to go to movies either think they get attacked all the time. You know, they're like, God damn, yeah. I already know the yeah. white narrative. I don't need to keep seeing it. You know? Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think so. 
yeah, us having the capability to be able to explore and live our experience outside of civil rights and slavery. Right. It's like, <laughs> but it's a safe, it's a safe space. It's it's been used. That's why movies like and you know, um, not the, not not bashing any of these great pieces of art and work, but movies like The Help and. 12 Years yeah. a Slave and the Butler and all of this stuff. And and what's the one with the uh, the black women in NASA who, uh, you know... Hidden, uh, hidden, hidden figures. Hidden figures. And these are all, you know, um, as artistically, some of them are well done. Some of them, you know, I mean, uh, it is what it is. I'm not going to get into the art of it. But the bottom line is, us being seen in that light is safe. That's why they. That's why they're war well, winning. That's why they. You know. Well, and I but mean, I think it's important for us, specifically our generation, to push that narrative because I enjoy science fiction. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I look the same way you look forward to Marvel and how Black Panther was such a watershed movement and moment for us. Um, it's not. We go to these movies and it's like to normalize our experience and take it from being the trauma and from being the the horrors of being black in America. It's mm -hmm. like people, I, I know I'm exhausted. Like they're talking about putting yeah, out yeah. a movie and I'm like, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I, and see I mean, but may, maybe it'll take, uh, uh, you know, Dame media to, to, to shift that, uh, Shift that narrative, and, and then that, that's the, the goal. That's yeah, the goal. See, and then, but right the thing is, it should be a balancing agent. We need a balancing agent because the thing balance. about it is, like, we should know these movies because these are stories we weren't told. You see what I'm saying? But in between them stories, I need some some fiction. Well, yeah, I or positive depictions of people who didn't, you know, uh, struggle their entire life and things like yeah, that. Right. That's a huge yeah. part of our history and we need to embrace it. But I think it becomes like, if you watch how embraced like um, these movies are, all the movies that I mentioned, how embraced they are, how they get Academy Awards, how they, you know, yeah. uh, the, the stars of those movies go on to do all these great things and things like that. And, it, and it's a, it's a good thing. I don't want to feel like I'm bashing those movies, but there's no, but yeah, it's a balance. It's yeah, a it balance. You need to you need the Octavia Butler. You need the Octavia Butler books of sci-fi in yeah. between Twelve Years a Slave and these other stories. You see what I'm right. saying? Yeah. So you need a bad. You need a buffer. Otherwise, this all I'm seeing: Queen is Queen is Slim, Twelve Years a Slave, da, 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 da. and then yeah, great yeah, things. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I I want to know the story, but I you know I want to read too how my man escaped and he was like a James Bond. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, can I can I do yeah. that? You know? I mean, you know, or even like because our story didn't start with slavery. You know what I'm saying? It's like no, it before that. It didn't. It didn't. Bigger than you know that that whole narrative. But our so story in America did. Thing. Yeah, our story in America did. And yeah, yeah, America yeah. is so controlled by them same people who say, "Oh, well, can because if you don't now, if you don't see us as slaves, you see a gay movie us." Yeah, Pick and it's even people now who are bringing to light the fact that our story in America didn't even start with slavery. Like, we, right. a lot of us were here, we're Native Americans. You know, they changed right. the narrative to make it, uh, you know, uh, people of more um, uh, different descents. That's why the Native Americans that you see look Alaskan and look, you know, the people that were here were dark like Aisha. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they, uh, you know, if you look at real Native Americans, yeah. and so... There's a whole nother story that's still and a whole uh, wealth of stories and um 
and valuable information, valuable anecdotes and, and stories that could bring us into a whole nother light of who we are, who we were and who we're going to be that, you know, aren't. But you're going to see a lot more of that. You And we have to take advantage of the fact that they want to, you know, have diverse content. So we got to uh, take, so I feel take like advantage they feel like of that. Diverse content is 12 years a slave. Like, no, no, no. Let me tell you how they'll set you up, how they'll set us up. Because they, they try to tie diverse sign into female, so they're going to include every ethnicity. They try yeah. to tie diverse sign into any type of sexual orientation. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So yeah, we will yeah. slowly get pushed out if we don't knuckle up. And so the thing about it is, like, okay, like, I like Westerns. I like love Westerns as a kid. So I remember, so the new movie that's coming out on Netflix right now, uh, the new Western Hardest that's coming out with, uh, the yeah, The Harder They Fall. I remember talking to Bullets, the guy who wrote that. You know what I'm saying? Going back and forth with him about our love for Westerns like five, six years ago. Isha, I can't remember. Five mm -hmm. or six years ago. And we going back and forth about our love for Westerns. He was like, yeah, I said, man, I want to work on one because I'm working on a Western series. He was like, yeah, I'm working on this one because he did a short film because he does a lot of music videos and he knew Jay-Z and all that like that. And to look at, you know, it took him five to six years to get mm -hmm. this movie done. You know, because at the time, people, they didn't want to finance it. They didn't want to do all this stuff like that. Until now, these people say, oh, we need diverse content. Oh, yeah, we see Black Money make it when Black Panther came out, you know? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so sometimes you have to be the person to say, well, I'm going to wait till the vision I want comes to pass. Because we were in Westerns. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We were in the West. Why you don't see yeah, us yeah. in the Westerns? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, why yeah. We, I was like, why you don't see us up in space? Like, nigga, we proved we the one got you to space. But we don't ever right, have right, no right. sci-fi movie. <laughs> You know, right. so it's just a matter of you pushing that narrative. We got to keep pushing. And that's it. And people got to support. People got to support. That's the thing, too. That's like, true. don't always want to laugh at the goddamn movie. Black people always want to laugh. I like, don't always want to laugh. Go watch something that makes you think something. <laughs> they always want to laugh. They'll go see a comedy in a minute. But you put out a sci-fi, you put out a drama, man. I ain't know, man. I ain't know I'm going to see that right there, man. Yeah. And it'd be good. But you know, but look, you know, I was the only one who was watching Supernatural on Sci-Fi, literally. <laughs> Supernatural. We was there with you. We was there. Supernatural. No, no, yeah, you mean superstitious? As in a superstition. Was it superstition? Oh, super no, something. Either yeah. way, I was, you the watching, it. was watching it on. I used to tune in faithfully to yep. the show because it was based upon a black family of undertakers. And their supernatural experiences living, I think they lived in New Orleans. Um, and sci-fi, you know, I give sci-fi kudos for making the attempt, and it lasted a season because nobody was watching. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. black, so especially how you market, they gotta market it. Yeah, exactly. They gotta because right now people want things all. Oh my God, that looks so interesting. Oh, this this such and such is in it, and that person can't act for a damn lick. But they in it though. They in mm -hmm. it though. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the thing. They want something to grab their attention and not pass the quality. They just want a quick filler to grab their yeah. attention. Yeah. And that's yeah. why sometimes yeah. they'll throw people in there. So yeah, we just gotta control it more and it'll get out yeah, there. That's of all that's art. It. You gotta really uh search through it to find the stuff that with the depth and the quality because even the people who control the art, the business side of it is more about making money. So they're more about putting the quick you know, the, the thing out there that's going to grab you in that moment. because They're always about making money. So yeah, the show yeah. and the biz is heavy on the biz. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah definitely. Right. definitely. You have to be well-versed in it. So, um, And a lot of artists don't want to accept that. So, Yeah. 
Well, it's tough uh, from an artistic standpoint, yeah, especially when you want to be. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like we're about to say the same thing. The artists and they sensitive about their shit. So. And so artistically, like, and I even know people, and I felt this way to a certain extent that the business side of it. So like Michael Jackson has a quote about creativity and about, um, uh, about his creative process. And he would talk about how uh, um, true art is natural. It's a flow. It's something that happens naturally. So when you start mm-hmm. to think about it and put your and try to impose your own thought into it, it ceases to be art. It's no longer art. Now it's something that you feel like you can control and art can yeah. be controlled. And so uh, uh, from that philosophy, the business side of it is so much that. It's so control. It's so numbers and exact mm-hmm. and precise calculations and things like that. And art is none of that. Art is flow, yeah. you know? And so Let's- that business side of it can be, at times detrimental to the quality of the art. So I definitely get it, but you know, it, it, uh, the best artists, I guess, uh, or people who succeed in it, master both sides of that, you know. And Not even master both sides, they master, they master getting the people who can feel what they can't do. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so if you're the artist, awesome. they get people who can do the business. So that way everybody's yeah. playing their position to the fullest. Like I happen to be, which I'm, I'm thankful that I am one of those people. And I've had this conversation with a lot of big production companies. Like it was like, Veronica, you can master both. And because I look at the business as an art, like getting that done, wrapping it up, that that's the art to me. So I never lose sight of that when the stories come to me and I'm writing. And I, cause I'm already looking at the branding. I'm looking at the post. I'm looking at how to, cause like I said, stories are emotional marketing painting and uh, paintings um photography all of those artistic things music they're emotional marketing you see what i'm yeah, saying so yeah. the, the person like once the numbers they make everything they make everything real so when you get into the business part making a real takes away from the play that's art so you yeah. have to be able to kind of go back and forth or look at the business as an art if you can do that but if you can't find somebody who can a lot of us right, don't right. find people who can who can fill out weaknesses you know what I'm saying? And we just, we, we try, especially black people try to do everything because we can't afford it and not realizing ways that we can get it done for free. Um, so it's just finding a balance to make sure you can maintain the art. I just have a problem. I'm always trying to perfect what I do the first time. And I, oh, I, that know, can't Virgo. happen. You got to let it go, Virgo. <laughs> She's a Virgo. Yeah, I know, okay, that's the Virgo trait. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm trying to perfect it the first yeah. time. Mm-hmm. All right, we we get into the to because I don't want to keep you on here all night, which it seems like we could, you know, we could talk about stuff and and then keep right. you going till about eleven thirty. But I do want to wrap it up. There's two things I want to ask you before I ask you my two questions that I ask everybody that come. And the first thing, uh, the first question before the questions is, uh, it's very rare that we have the opportunity to have two friends who know each other as well as you two do and are as close as you two are. So I'm gonna ask both of y'all and I'm gonna start with Isha. In your opinion, what's the best thing about Veronica? What's her best quality? Veronica's best quality. So I think Veronica is the type of person who is comfortable in her uh, self. You know, like Veronica is Veronica. There is no pretense. Um, You know what I mean? Like I always say like, it's we're like Malcolm and Martin, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you've been giving like, y'all some big <laughs> but it's true because like I'm like I, the, and Veronica is very logical. So we're pragmatic, but in different spaces. Like Veronica mm-hmm. is is the head and I am the heart. You know what I mean? So Veronica's yeah, okay. very logical and very um calculated about how Veronica moves about things. 
And I appreciate that because I am a feeler and I'm always in my feelings. So Veronica has <laughs> really helped me be more aware of that logical side. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And I think Veronica is the type of person whose confidence is infectious. You know, Veronica is a very confident person and she instills that same energy in her, in her circle. So, you know, her children, her friends, you know, they're going to radiate the same confidence that Veronica has, but Veronica is very um, logical. And I like that because, right. you know, I'm <laughs> in my feelings and I like being in my feelings, but you need somebody who is logical and thinks things through for, for us feelers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that's interesting. Okay. And, uh, and Veronica, <laughs> what would you say is, is uh, Aisha's best quality? It is, it is her heart. And that, that's the best I can put is her heart because I never have to worry about any shadiness. And that's the most colloquial word I put it. Um, shadiness with Isha or uh, like she's not genuine. Like Isha's genuine in what she do does for people and, and what she says to them, she's genuine. There's no jealousy coming out of her mouth. There's no nefarious means. Like I'm a calculating motherfucker. You understand me? I'm a, I'm a sass. I'm a slice you up just in case you try it. Isha she takes people, at, you know, at their genuineness. And that's what I learned. I'm learning from her through the years. It makes me more empathetic to people because if I believe you can do something, David, I'm trying to pull you across that line. I'm like, look, so you just going to play around. You, you can't get this shit together. You're making excuses. Whereas Isha, like that, that emotional part has allowed me to say, okay, you know what? Everybody ain't built the same way. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a try to understand why they slack <laughs> a little more, you know? So that, but it's allowed me to be a better business person and a better mother and a better friend. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that heart has allowed me to be better because I'm like, all right, let me listen because all I'm hearing is bullshit. That's, that's you so know? So, yeah, yeah. so that, so I like, but I don't have to, and I like the fact that I can let my guard down with her 100%. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. even if I'm still like in my head about stuff, I'm not worried about, oh, what she can use against me later, or what she thinking about, exactly. or what she doing, you know? Exactly. Or not even because I think the person that I'm talking to is nefarious, it's just how my mind automatically moves. Right. And yeah, so yeah, with her, yeah. I don't have to worry about that. Like, if I talk to Isha a certain yeah. way, I know she'll take that shit for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd be like, no, get out the picture. I just want to be me. She'd be like, all right, then find them out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And so, so, and she know it ain't coming from no place of me just being a jerk about anything. What? So I think it's her heart. It's her heart. So. That's interesting because she's, he, uh, <laughs> Aisha to me seems like the more uh, calculated, like she's the more driven <laughs> and more like, like, like I say, I always tell people whenever I'm stuck on a decision and trying to, because I'm a thinker a hundred percent, I will think it out to the bottom, to the most minute molecule of what the situation is before I make a move. And whenever I get to that point and it's getting excessive, which I tend to do, I hear Aisha's voice in my head saying, pull the pull trigger, trigger, nigga, pull the trigger. <laughs> but, but that's, but that's the feeler in me. So like, I, feeler, no, that's more, cause that's more like, you know, look, no, this but is that's because I, I am a, I am a pull the trigger kind of person. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's how I feel. Because if I was, mm -hmm. if I thought about it more, you know what I mean? I'd make sure I hit my target. I don't give a damn. Pull the trigger. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that's okay. the thing. Like, I, you shouldn't overthink stuff. Like, you should told me what I thought. You said, Rock, I think about, like, how this going to work, what we going to do. She was like, you will show up with five goddamn dollars. But right, come on, nigga, we're going to do it. Because right, I'm right. always that person of, I am not, because I'm a bet on me. 
That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I can have yeah. all the great support. I got Isha in my corner, all that. I'm a bet on Verona. Because Verona could be like, all right, what I need to do? What we doing? You know what I'm saying? And and that's and that's just that's just what it is. It's like Isha moves in that space. Like, what we doing there? Come on. I can call her and say, you want to go to London next month? Yeah, man. Okay, so what, what did we right. do next? <laughs> right. What are we doing? Right. And that's no, it. You know what, man? I was like, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we, like, we sitting there talking. We need to be we need to be calm and to save our money. Hey, hey, you want to go to London? Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> let, me, let me go get the Amex. Let me make sure the Amex got room. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so uh, that's, you- our, that's how we move. What you mm-hmm. said about um about being able to to let your guard down and just to have somebody that you can be authentically yourself with is a luxury nowadays because everybody yeah. is like what you said about what somebody used against you. Aisha and I have had this conversation about the definition of of love and how it's comfort and how it's uh, freedom. Aisha says freedom to be able mm-hmm. to to give the person the tools to destroy you and know that they won't. Or, or yeah, see, know, but that ain't my freedom. That's my type of freedom. Shit, nah. Right. Well, yeah, but but you just, that's what you just said about Aisha, though. You just like but, you yeah, know, so, you so open up around her and you're free that. around her, and you don't. What, Veronica's love language, though, is like loyalty. So Veronica is yeah. one of the most fiercely loyal people I know. You know what I mean? Like blood in, blood out. Like Veronica is if you if she's on your team, she's on your team a hundred percent. Like you never have to wonder. Yeah. Or question it. Um, so we balance each other in that space. Whereas for me, I don't ever have to question Veronica's motives and what Veronica's going to do. And in like kindness, Veronica knows she has the space to be Veronica and there's no there's no judgment. So yeah. that balance of yeah. loyalty and judgment free is how yeah. we make Yeah. Because I, I can be a punk, I can be a punk bitch. In front of Isha, be like, man, you see this shit I just did? Other people would never know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your friends. Yeah, would your never friends. know. Friends. Like, girl, they might know I was that weak. No, ma'am. Yeah, right. yeah the, 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 the cracking of the cracking of face. <laughs> never. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So the the second question I want to ask you before I ask the two uh, mm-hmm. uh, definitive questions is so. In conversing with you, and I think even since um, in the brief times that we've had conversations before now and, you know, getting to know who you are as a person, um, one of the things that I would, uh, one of the terms that I would use to describe you is uh, is, is versatile or, or renaissance mm-hmm. woman because you do a lot. Who's the most versatile person you know? Like, who does a lot? Who do you look up to in that respect of doing it all? Oh, uh, and I, you know, the thing is, I don't really look up to a lot of people, um, right. and not just because I'm, I'm in that thinking I'm the, you know, all that. I just take people as people. I should say. Right, right, right. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of somebody who I think is doing a lot. Like you know, you have and, and as well. far as entertainment, yeah. Like you got your, you know, Tyler Perry. I'm looking at that as far as studios, you know, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. But I think like versatile i i would go you know if i had to look at an entertainer i i would go and look at dolly parton again because dolly parton started writing songs making music doing movies got a theme park do books across america for literacy for kids have church programs you know so she's like i'm going to do all in those spaces um mm-hmm. but it's it's you know it's people like i like rihanna rihanna's like i'm philanthropic i'm gonna go ahead and do this music i'm gonna go do the bit you know the business side for 
Fenty with underwear. So it's like like T.D. Jakes, like you all stay in these different arenas. Like Ashton Kutcher's another one. His hands is in a lot of pots people don't know about. Um, so from his acting, from the movie producing to a lot of tech companies, you know, um, you know, so I look at those things of once people get what the resource they need for one thing, I look at how they maneuver to do the other things they like to do. So it's not really one person. I just look at the way a lot of people move with their portfolio, what they try to do to change the world. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the two questions that I always ask every guest, and I'm going to ask you, the first one is. If you had an opportunity to talk to a younger version of yourself, knowing everything you know today, all of the mm-hmm. wisdom you've gained through your travels and life, through the journey that you've been been through up until today, if you could go back in the time machine and talk to 10-year-old Veronica, what would that conversation be like? What would you say to her? <clears throat> Honestly, what I would say to her, and this is... <laughs> No, no, um, lie to us. Don't be no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Honestly, what I would say to her, I would say, trust when God tell you you that shit. Don't question it. Don't wonder. Don't question yourself, your ideas, your decisions. When you know in your head they're that good, but because you you doubt from things that might come out, you know, even for my for a minute, like don't doubt the authenticity of yourself and your voice. Like, I didn't doubt it, but I doubted enough. I'll say that. Yeah. So I would tell her, don't doubt the, the message God sent you that you do shit for real, for real. And that's it. That's what I would tell my 10-year-old self. <laughs> that's that's sound advice for any at any age. <laughs> right. Don't doubt it. And, and, <laughs> and the second question is, uh, you have your... Um, your your companies, you have the bakery, you have the, uh, the production, the writing, all of the things that you do. You're um, regularly in a position where there are eyes on you, where people are looking at Veronica. When people see you, what is it that you hope they see? Life. Like just just going for life, like going after the things you want whatever that is and just seeing a a authentic genuine message that tells you you only got one of this so don't you know live it that's what i want people to see like like i got a problem posing like a supermodel <laughs> on a beach you know and i was like hey get this pose you know what i mean like let people see you living i get a lot of those calls like man you doing it it's the it's the encouraging that you only have one life. Take care of yourself. Be healthy. That's what I want you to see. Like your mind, everything. Live, enjoy your life. And that I genuinely just love life. I, I ain't trying to check out for nobody, Earl. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that that's that's why I want them to see just life, just li- living life. That's it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, those are my. Uh... In the interview questions, each you have anything else before we? Uh... <laughs> uh, I mean, no. I mean, I'll probably call Veronica after this. You know, and y'all have a, y'all have a, a four-hour conversation. About, uh, so... No, just just a two-hour one, not oh, a four, just not a two. Four, just two. And, and I no two shade, hours no on the shade. show. That's real. I had two hours on the show. That right, right. Of that so four-hour got, yeah, yeah, yeah. No shade whatsoever. That's friend stuff right there. That's that's. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah. that's a, a bond that people um, 
you know, long for and strive for is people, you know, uh, trying to make uh, Siri and, and Google and all that stuff more responsive so they can have a connection somewhere near with the, the level of uh, the depth of what you all have. So it's, it's beautiful to see. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us tonight. Thank y'all for so having awesome. me. Thank y'all yeah. for having me. I appreciate it. Y'all and I enjoyed sure, talking to y'all. Definitely, man. Y'all make sure y'all check out everything that she's doing. Dame Media, D-A-M-M-I, right? Yep. Okay, Dame yep. Media. Uh, everywhere. DameMedia.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you on, what else are you on? TikTok. I'm trying to get my TikTok on. Yeah, I'm getting my TikTok on. Okay, you on TikTok? <laughs> I haven't done the TikTok yeah. yet. I'm yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I, I feel old because my nephew's really into it and he's 13 yeah. and I'm 41 and it feels weird, but it's a lot of people marketing there. It's a lot of things. Yeah. It's a whole nother uh, avenue that I got to get into <laughs> and look into. And uh, yeah, but that's dope. So I'm up to, yeah, I'm, you'll probably be the first person I follow on. Ish, you on TikTok? I am on TikTok, but you I'm a TikToker? Only, I've got six, I'm following six people. I got one follower. Who's this one follower? You got one follower. You finna have two. I'm gonna set up my TikTok tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we go we go TikTok. That's what we gonna do. Yeah. But, uh, so, so, but yeah, man. Like I said, I really appreciate it. Um, on behalf of myself, Super Dave, aka Mister Incredible, our resident feminine energy, uh, Aisha, uh, Mike. Who I don't know what happened. I think his wife probably asked him to do something. Oh, uh, he got in trouble. He got cussed out for, uh, for uh, you know, hanging up the phone earlier or Ooh. something. But anyway, and our illustrious guest, uh, Miss Veronica Pearson, Renaissance woman, uh, uh, the 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 uh, essence of versatility. Uh, thank you guys for checking out another episode of the Neighbors Livecast. We'll be back next week with more interviews, more information, more education, and more fun. Take care of yourselves and each other. Have a great week. And keep spreading love. And check out DameMedia.com. It's dope. She's doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she is. All right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Peace.